Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen and I am joined once again by the illustrious duo of Mr. Ultra David and Mr. Tubaware, who have the exact same voice as we have discovered earlier today. Yeah, so, exactly uh, the same. Yeah, for example, as I'm there? wearing my hat over here on the right side of your screen, you'll see that I'm not talking even though I'm able to project my voice. Wow, that is amazing, Tubo. How did you do that without moving your mouth? That was really, really impressive. Uh, years and years of practice. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rad, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another Tuesday show. It's super tubular. Yes, uh, Chong, if you just mouse over to the right, you'll see the ability to change the settings of the closed captions. And so if you do not want the closed captions, you can turn them off, but we've decided to have them on every week to help those, to, for basically helping those with inaccess, you know, the inaccessibility options and such. So there you go. 16-bit says that Tubo's blurry and looks like he's from a 64 game. Tubo-ware, if you were from a Nintendo 64 game, which game would it be? Um, I would say GoldenEye. He's odd job, right? No. He's tossing around the hat. No. What a no, thing I'd to be, say about I'd somebody. Be, I'd be like Superman 64 because no one wants me. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. No, I'm saying he's like odd job because day. he's overpowered. Come on, David. Wow, you guys are mean. <laughs> I was just gonna say that he's like a grotesquely speaking squirrel, like in uh, in Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. That was my analogy. Yeah, we can go with that too. That works. Cool. Rad. Super. Not bogus. We're gonna be talking about these things on this side of the stage over here. Uh, as you can see, the topics include UMK11, which is the official name of that video game, Rambo trailer. We're gonna be talking about Twitch and streamers' rights, I guess. If they have any, we'll see. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk with Persia in the interview, which I'm very excited yeah, for. I know yeah. all three of us are excited for. Yep. We're going to be doing five, five matchup discussions on things like what happens when the moderators are the jerks. And is it cool to make fun of cyberpunk for delaying its game and the viewer choices as well. There's a little bit of other game and FGC news. There are some tournament results that we'll get to briefly. There's some upcoming stuff that we'll get to briefly, but let's begin by talking about good old Rambo. Well, I see everybody's raring to go to talk about Rambo. <laughs> you, you tell us, David. This is your forte, not ours. Okay, well, let's start the topic timer over here. Yes, sorry. I forgot to do that part. So, Gosh, Rambo, first of all, I should say that there's going to be a combat cast tomorrow where they're going to discuss Rambo in more detail. So, I don't know like that much about the character quite yet. But they did put out a trailer for Rambo. And if you recall... When they first showed Rambo, Tubbleware was opposed to it. And Tubbleware, could you reiterate yeah. why that was? Uh, Rambo doesn't belong in Mortal Kombat. Why is that? Because uh, he's gun, gun, bang, bang, shooty, shooty, not martial artist. Also, his universe, it just it makes no sense. He wouldn't want to fight anyone. He'd be like, no, I'm going to live in this cave and not fight. It just doesn't make sense, man. I hate it. First of all, you don't know the story of Rambo in Mortal Kombat 11. It could be anything. Maybe, like, Chronica, like, made it to, you're not, you know? Not no, it, it, no, it's stupid. It's <laughs> All right, well, I can tell you at least this, that the idea that Rambo's the shooty-shooty guns guy does not seem to be correct. Because in the whole trailer that they showed, Rambo, I think, had two times where he was even holding a gun at all. 
and one of them was something that cost bar to do and yeah. the other one was during his like win animation at the very yeah, end i didn't he's like, i didn't necessarily oh. mean i didn't necessarily mean oh. that he's like gonna shoot a bunch of guns in his gameplay i just mean like he's not oh. a martial artist what martial art does he practice jungle yeah, like, yeah, it's not. He doesn't. He's not a martial artist, man. That's not right. He's just a, he's in just a way, a... in a way, martial arts—the root of the word "martial," meaning for war—is yeah. really just about whether you can fight in such a way as to survive during wartime. And would you say, on the record, Tubbleware, that Rambo is not somebody who's capable of surviving during warfare? Uh, yeah, he's definitely somebody who is capable of surviving during warfare. Well then, it sounds like you agree that he is in fact a practitioner of the martial arts. Sure. Sure, man. <laughs> I, sure. You got me. You're going to learn very quickly, uh, Tubo, me, that trying to fight, trying to debate with a lawyer is not any fun here. Got him. Oh my god. Got him. Look, <sighs> I'm literally a martial artist. Look, man, John Rambo would vote libertarian. Alright, that's... It's like he didn't know. I can see that. Yeah, he's probably a Jorgensen voter. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see that. I mean, look, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you this much right now. Like, I'm not... I, I kind of... Like, the, the guest characters are being put in the game. You know, I know that a lot of people didn't agree with it or felt like it was a bad take. I do kind of agree a little bit with the Kotaku article that was talking about how it just felt like it kind of cheapens the legacy of some of those characters. Yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't know about a lot of the things about RoboCop and seeing how RoboCop like kills somebody with a brutality the same way that he dies in the movie I think is kind of messed up uh, and I don't know it's just like it's just weird because yeah I know they're action movies they've gotten ruined by their sequels and everything like that but you know as a person who has this much love for RoboCop and then understanding of in First Blood how he didn't kill a single person in First Blood and you know obviously he kills a billion people later on in other movies but it's just like I don't know there's just something about it that just doesn't feel right to me I don't know like if it was horror movie monsters it's like whatever right you put Jason you put Freddy in there they're all about killing people and getting killed and everything like that uh, I get it. Ed Boon is kind of having a little bit of a power fantasy here, throwing these characters because he loves these yeah. characters in there, and I get that. But I don't know. I feel like there's better choices, to be honest with you. I really, really think that there's better choices. Well, I think that Terminator makes a lot of sense as far as the guest characters go in MK11. Terminator makes I sense. Think, yeah. I think RoboCop even fits in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with James that I think that there's some things that happen for RoboCop. Like, I play the character, so I'm seeing these things happen. And, yeah, like, some of the stuff that he does, I'm like, I don't know if, like, Alex Murphy would do that, really? That seems <laughs> weird. But in the end, I'm not super stressed about it because it's, like, a, it's Mortal Kombat. It's, like, a video game that I'm playing. Uh, yeah. So for Rambo, I don't have that kind of connection with Rambo that I... Like, I've always really loved RoboCop. It's always been really cool for me. Um... Ever since I was like, I mean, when I first saw it as a kid, I'm sure I didn't get any of the interesting like criticisms that the movie makes. But as I got older, that stuff became important to me as well. And yet, like the video game fighting game character RoboCop, like I'm okay with him not being. So I think part uh, of why I hate Rambo and Mortal Kombat so much is because those movies are really important to me. I see. 
Like, my stepdad, yeah. my stepdad loved the Rambo movies, so we would always watch like Stallone movies together. Dude, so, so I think like part of my childhood is like, no, this is separate. Because I played right. Mortal Kombat as a kid, right? right my dad yeah, didn't yeah. play Mortal Kombat, but my dad wanted to watch Rambo with me. So like in my brain, like these don't, nah, keep yeah. them apart. I mean, so like, maybe there's like deep psychological stuff in there where I where I just hate it because of that. But also, like, Rambo doesn't belong. It's stupid. Yeah, my dad was a gigantic First Blood fan. Like, that was that's clearly one of my dad's, like, top five favorite movies of all time. I mean, we watched it when we were kids and everything. And, you know, my dad would always explain it. He'd be like, yeah, see, he doesn't kill anybody. He's only doing this. And, you know, they're the, the cops are the bad guys and da-da-da-da, all this stuff. And, you know, he, this guy's a jerk and whatever. And the way that he was talking about it, he had so much reverence for it. And like I said, yeah, I know that the later Rambo movies messed up the character completely but you know with robocop like i don't even i don't even pretend two and three exist right so um it it is kind of weird to see rambo being portrayed in this game like this and yeah i know in the latest rambo movie he ripped someone's throat out with his bare hands and so they gave it to him as a fatality and it's just like i don't know (laughs) i don't know (sighs) yeah well it's done Nerds. Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> yeah, you do. Can't do yeah, anything as, about it. As far as the gameplay style goes, so he does not at all seem like he's a zoner. He's not shooty guns zoner right, guy, right. which RoboCop is, and that's like why I play him, uh, at least in one of his variations. But the style for Rambo seems more like it's like counter zoning, and even he may, might have a command grab. It looked like to me, so I was like breaking down the footage. Uh, so he's got like up close tools. He's got a roll to get in. He's got a. He's got a, he's got a bunch of things that seem like they're about like moving in underneath projectiles. He can crawl under projectiles, and if he does that, maybe from a distance he gets a crushing blow. It looks like, and he's cool. got like a tripwire sort of thing, which um, hard for me to tell if it's like proximity activated or if you just do it and it comes out. But like it's a big like maybe low hitting tripwire that uh, has a big like. Um, wooden thing that hits the opponent's legs. And then it might be that the amplified version of that is Log Trap, because he's got a big Log Trap that takes up a lot of space. Log Trap! But other than those things, I don't really... Oh, and then there's that there's that guns thing where he brings out, like, two big shooty guns, and he shoots super far, and it looks like it's a mid, so you can't duck it uh, under the shooty guns. And that cost bar... Under the what? The shooty guns? Yeah, yeah, the things you said he doesn't really have. He has one shooty guns, as far as I can tell. Sure. And then he also has a bow and arrow, which might be a stance even to go into. It might not be like you can just shoot a bow and arrow whenever you want. It might be that it needs to be a stance. So he does not seem like a zoner to me. He seems more like... When does he call About, like, getting in. What up? When does he get to call group? I heard you say log trap. I just assumed you were talking about... (laughs) I mean, honestly... Honestly, he feels like he has a lot of uh, roots in... uh, in a Rocket Raccoon style. Maybe not as zoning as Rocket Raccoon can be. The but... final character is Rocket Raccoon in Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> what if I told it all you that tied Ro- together. What if I told you that Rocket Raccoon is actually a Rambo? That wouldn't make any sense because Rocket Raccoon was in the fighting game first. So there, that's it. 
Is that the priority in the world? If you've been in a fighting game first, then yes. you're... Yes, absolutely. Whatever led up to that is less relevant. I'm talking I about... Think, oh, no, I was trying to think of Rocket Raccoon is older than John Rambo. I I'm not talking is, about... And I'm pretty sure he is. I'm not talking know. about the character. I'm saying that the, the, the gameplay style roots. Just the way that uh, Rambo plays, he's got a trap that puts people into a net, you know, he's got like yeah. tripwire things on the ground that can trigger and hit you, and he has guns, so it feels kind of like that, right? And then Rocket okay. Raccoon attacks you with a knife as well, so it definitely, from a gameplay style, it seems like uh, they might have taken a lot of inspiration from there. 16-bit says in the chat that the lore here is actually that Rambo had prepared every single fight and stage with all of these traps. So imagine what kind of prep time that would have taken for Rambo here to have completely booby-trapped every single stage. He sneaks into Shinnok's Bone Temple before dawn and sets up tripwires, hidden guns, and logs. I mean, this sounds exactly like something that John Rambo would do. I hate all of this so much. <laughs> I hate it to my core, man. Uh, I hate it so much. Yeah, that's see, that's uh, the question right there. Is what then? Then who would win between prep time Rambo and prep time Batman, uh, or prep time Daigo? Right, all three. The realm world, they turn invisible. They couldn't sneak into Shinnok's tomb or whatever the hell you're talking about. Why can John Rambo do it? This is so stupid. I hate. This shit so much. So in, very much in his man. in his intro, or maybe this is one of his special moves. He like comes up from the ground in in um, mud. Yeah, in like mud and leaves and stuff. Yeah, so that's how he's just crawling around unbeknownst to anybody. All right, sure, man. Look. Well, it, see, what happened was Kronika instilled him with the power Jack. of a chameleon, and so his skin can actually change color now into... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Come on, man. Look, Jack. They're making some skins as well for some of the ninjas to be reptile, basically. So, cool. I guess reptile deconfirmed. Dang. Reptile went the way of Melina, and even Melina that's managed not, to get out of that. Didn't Tommy get a Melina outfit? I mean, Katana basically has, like, Melina's special moves. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to work out. We'll see. They'll we'll just see. give Melina Thanks to some Noah's of... Wild for the subscription. They'll give Melina some of Katana's moves now. <laughs> so that they're the same character. Dude, what if Melina came out and was just turned out to be a skin for Katana? Like, I just so, really want to just find... That would be pretty sick. I just want Dude, to find I would a way to... be so happy for Ed Boon. That would be the greatest troll of all time. That actually would be the best. That I, would just be want, I just want to make the Molina fans miserable. That's all it is right now. Yeah, so. that, would, that would just be the, the biggest middle finger of all time. Yeah. Well, I guess the timer is out for this one, but I am very much oh, looking yeah. forward to crawling underneath Robocop's guns and then doing my command grab crushing blow as... Uh, Rambo against Alex Murphy. That sounds like how it's does gonna that be even hilarious. work? Like, how does Rambo even fight RoboCop? That's the. What problem. do you mean? Like, I just feel like Rambo. One of the biggest problems with Rambo, honestly, is I feel like he would just get his ass kicked by everybody. So, are you serious? Yeah. Rambo's taking on armies of huge numbers. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like Tubo said, like these guys like sh shoot fireballs and like. Teleport yeah, turn shit. Yeah, teleport and shit. What? Oh, well. Yeah, that's Striker. I mean, like, dude, if Schwarzenegger can beat Predator, 
Why not, right? Whatever. I mean, there's a reason why Stryker has never returned, right? Because he wouldn't be able to keep anyways. Regular dude, Stryker, just out on patrol. Just All right, the, that's it. The mall cop. Unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if they put Paul Blart in the game, I would be so happy, dude. Like, that would, that would actually be hilarious. Like, just have him come in rolling in on the, on the Segway, you know? And then he'd just be like... You can't, you can't destroy the stores here in this mall. And then they fight. And then he, like Paul Blart, actually like kills things and destroys things. And he like shoots missiles out of the Segway. And like he has he fatalities. Destroy the his mall while he's on the stage pit. <laughs> Dude, like he, his fatality. Like ball, he jumps dude. off the Segway. He grabs the Segway and he just like cracks and he just go. Uh, then he like cracks it in half, shoves the handles into your stomach. Ah! Uh, then he hits a really button, and then the whole segue blows up and everything. So like that sounds more like the fatal blow, not the fatality. I would say. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But I think that also, I would say, I I feel like Paul Blart would be in the game if they just gave Bo Raichou a striker outfit. I think we could just. Do it real easily that way. <laughs> no, but they actually have to get Kevin James to do the voice and have it be Paul. Like it has to be like Paul Blart wins <laughs> fatality. Okay, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in. I'm in. I mean, I think that's. I think that would be amazing. So, all right, we've. What's the next topic? We're talking about. Yeah, we've rambled on. Here we go. So, anyway, Mall about cop wins fatality. <laughs> Street Fighter basically has the Paul Blart. Yeah, yeah they do. Peter. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This next one. Let's uh, start the old timer out there on the side. So Twitch. Let's talk about Twitch and whatever's going on there. In recent times, Twitch has been uh, eviscerating many channels because of DMCA complaints, which are complaints by rights holders who own whether it's music or games or movies or whatever it is, they own whatever content is being shown on Twitch, they believe. And so they're sending messages to Twitch, basically being like, hey, take down this stuff. And Twitch is like, okay, Twitch does. So we talked about that the other day, right? I talked about that last week. Um, now there is a little bit more to say about that for a couple of the reasons. One is that the Recording Industry Association of America has begun to complain about Twitch a lot more. So they own the rights or at least their members own the rights to lots of different music, musical compositions. And they're mad that Twitch and people who are on Twitch are using their songs and not like directly mm. paying for it. Twitch says that they are in fact paying in some ways, that they do have some programs that are actually like giving money to recording artists. Um, I don't know, I w that was the first time I had heard about that when they, when they wrote that, but maybe that exists. And in addition to that, some dude, whose name was something I've already forgotten. Alex Hutchinson. Thanks, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Dudeface said, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music that they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. The real truth is that the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Yikes. Yeah, imagine waking up every morning and you get ready to go to work and you look in the mirror and you're that guy. 
That has to be rough. It could be. It could be. That has to be rough. I mean, it's such an ancient take. This take is from the 1980s. This is the 1970s take on things. Um, since we have had the ability with the internet to share things illegally or legally, it has not been the case that like the music industry died. Nobody's making music anymore. Like, no, of course not. There's more music being made now than ever there was. And the same kind of thing has happened with games and movies. Yeah, you can, if you want to, you can go steal that stuff. Or to be very precise, the Supreme Court has actually made a differentiation between stealing and infringement. They're not the same things. Um, you can infringe <laughs> that stuff if you'd like. Uh, but at the same time, at least until COVID, movies are doing fine and the game industry is doing better than ever. So there is not like this argument for like, if you use stuff that other people have made that you're going to cause their markets to die. It's actually never been that way. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a very old argument, and I'm not surprised that it exists still, for some people at least. Like, if you were already 55 years old in 1990 or whatever, the last 30 years, like, don't probably seem like that long to you, you know? So, like, whatever positions you had in 1990 are, like, basically how you think about the world even yeah. still. I mean, honestly, it really like, hasn't seemed that Almost long. my entire life, you know? And and it's the entire life of <laughs> tens of millions of people. Yeah. And so things have changed a lot since then, but some of the leaders have absolutely not. Man. Yep. I don't think David heard my jokes. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I said, no, it hasn't felt that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Look, look, um so uh one thing I want to mention here is that Twitch literally has a bounties program, right? Where companies pay you to play their game on stream. That's true. <laughs> right? Like do. do we not know how much streaming games actually helps a game? Where do you think Fall Guys and Among Us would be without Twitch right now? Dude, Among Us was nowhere even with Twitch, though, for like two years. Right. Uh, but I mean, obviously, yeah, Twitch is exactly what made it blow up. Exactly. Like, there was a huge ad for Among Us the other day when one of the most co popular Congress people in the country played Among Us with some of the other most popular Congress people yep. and content creators in the country. What a tremendous advertisement. Yep. Dude, let me tell you this right now, by the way. I watched some of the highlight clips, and... uh Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez was absolutely hilarious, dude. There was one clip I saw that I retweeted where she accidentally reported herself, and it was just like the most genuinely adorable thing ever because she didn't realize what she did. And then somebody was like, okay, so AOC found the body. And she was like, like, crap, what the hell? Uh, he, I found him in electrical. Dude, it was the mo <laughs> it was like the most hilarious thing. I was dying so badly. It was so funny, dude. Oh god. She, she's rad. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. we're all we're all big in favor of AOC on yeah, this channel. Yeah. Uh, probably no surprise to anybody. Yeah. It, anyway, as far as games go, yeah, of course, Twitch is basically a giant infringement machine. On the one hand, that's what it's been the whole time because it's very rare that people explicitly have rights to stream whatever games. But also has clearly been a tremendous engine of getting people to know about games, of connecting with audiences. Esports as an industry exists as it does now because of streaming. Like that's that's why it can exist even. Um, yeah. so it's just been so important and it's real it's real um short-sighted 
for yeah. uh, Dudeface to say something like uh, they sh- that streamers should be worried that they are streaming things that are uh, owned by third parties. I mean, they are. Like, that's true. Like, these are, in, in some respect, what he's saying is accurate, as is the RIAA when it says that, like, people are playing songs without directly paying them. Those are, that's true. And they actually do have the rights to stop that if they'd like. Some I hope people, they don't. They'd be pretty stupid to do that, but they could. Someone yeah. said in the chat that Google had to issue an official statement about Dude Guy, just because about Stadia Guy, and Stadia Guy even removed Stadia from his bio or something like that. I can't even remember. Yeah. Yep, yep, he uh, he did, he did. I, I don't think he was trying to like, pull one of, over on anybody. I think he was just, like, he's... He's not like some huge account, you know. He's got like a few thousand followers. Probably right. never expected to blow up as he did. Uh, it's just, right. it's just like such a nuclearly bad take that right. you know. Here we are talking <laughs> it about it. It blew up Dave. and got blown up, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I but mean... yeah, it is it is a very old mindset. I don't know, it, and it it bothers me to some degree that this guy just to look at his face, like he's our age ish, you know, give or take. <laughs> look at his face. I mean, he's he's similarly aged, so. Like, how did he live through the times of, like, the 90s and Napster and Kazaa and Groxer and, like, just not... <laughs> and have been enough of a nerd to end it up as a game developer and not have, like, had some of that ethos? I feel like that's... How did you avoid that? It was, like, marinating all of us didn't. at the time. He probably didn't. It just... I mean... You know, it doesn't, he doesn't link that those experiences right. together. I mean, look... Like that I said, be. the very first time I actually streamed music on my... On my on a stream i was playing breath of the wild and i just decided no it was during street fighter actually because i was muting myself on stream so i just started playing music and the very and you know my taste in music is very eclectic i don't listen to a lot of like the stuff that a lot of other people listen to and sure enough a lot of people are like yo what is this band this sounds really cool i want to find out more about this band you know like literally (laughs) we're free advertising for people and it's not like people are coming into our stream specifically to listen to the music the music is not the performance you know what i mean like so the music is actually just kind of something that's adding to the atmosphere and the ambiance and it's not like by playing the music in our stream we're robbing people like we're not holding concerts like time to play some chibo mono on my stream come all you chibo mono fans and listen to all their music for free because if you're fans of them you probably own all their stuff anyway you know like i, I uh, it just like doesn't make any sense like we're doing nothing except helping them <laughs> you know <laughs> Like, if you, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that that is the economics of the situation. And I feel like all the stats and data back that up. But if you view your rights as in a narrow way of, I should be paid each time a thing is consumed, which is a word that I really hate, but that people who have this mindset use, um, then you are, then you're mad about these things. Right. Which I, I think is, I think those, that's a reasonable, like, result of that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that that position is oftentimes, uh, it like ignores how humans have dealt with art and culture all the time. Like we, we have never sectioned things off. This is basically a new idea that we've tried out from like 1970s on. And in some ways it's like pretty sucky that you can't just, you like a song, cool. I'm just going to add it into my song. That's just how humans have always been forever. Uh, or I like how this character's doing stuff in the book that I read. I'm gonna add that character to my book, which is how it's always been as well. 
And now we have this new system for the last 50 years, and it's really restrictive. And it and it leads, it also promotes this idea that each thing that I invent, I'm some godlike author who has the ability to create things out of whole cloth, when in fact all of us are inspired by all the art that we create is in the context of this culture that we're in. And we're all looking at things that other people are doing constantly and using that as fuel for our own creativity. That's like how this whole process works. So I, I wish that that was something that was more treated in the law as something that is reality rather than what the law tries to do, which is to say that each of us is coming up with stuff on our own and we can control the rights exclusively. That's It, it gives people those rights. It's not trying to. I just think that that's, it's just a creation of a strange way to handle business and law. I wish it wasn't that way. All right. Well, we're way over that. Yeah. I mean, let's move on. There's a lot of interesting, uh, you know, counterpoints and stuff like that talking in the chat, which definitely makes a lot of sense because there are situations where a group or a company will use your song and you don't want to back that kind of uh, product and stuff like that, right? So those kind of situations do happen. I know we're over topic, but I'm just curious, like, how do we resolve those kind of situations? Uh, look, I'm I'm not calling for no copyright at all. I just want... Maybe let's not have it be that it's the entire life of somebody plus 70 years after that. Like, it maybe doesn't need to be that long. Or maybe you should have to register for it rather than getting, getting rights automatically so that if it's, like, economically important for you, you can protect it. But if it's not, then you don't have... You can, like, decide not to spend the money to protect it. I think there's a lot of really reasonable things that you could do for changes. And, in fact, right. many of those were the law back in the 50s, but we've changed it since then. Right. Okay. Anyway... Tubo fascinated by this conversation, I know. Yep. I know it. <laughs> oh, you're third. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Okay. Well, in that case, you want to move on to our next topic here? Uh, sure. Sure. But uh, that's the interview with Persia. So. Yeah, Sam. That's what I've been waiting on. Let's go. Oh, wait, are we going to take a break first? We need to get her in there? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we will get her into <laughs> here, the chat, and we will talk with her after that. So, yeah. All right. Sounds great. Let's take care of this real quick here. Okay, be right back, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chan, and I am joined by TubaWare and Ultra David. How's everybody going out there? Yep. We're here. And uh, moving on to the next thing now, which is our guest interview, which we try to have every week. We've been pretty good about that actually over the last several months. Yeah. Thanks in large part to the guy on my right. <laughs> left. My left, your stage right. Anyway. <laughs> You're welcome. And... You're welcome. No problem. <laughs> oh jeez. This time we have Persia on. Hello. What is right. up everyone? Hi, Sam. Hi. Ah, I forgot to apply the differences. Let me do this oh, no. quick. Yes. <laughs> Bam. There Bam. we go. <laughs> Bam. Just like that. What's okay. up? I am that phage guy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Persia? Persia XO. And uh, for those of you uh, on the stream who aren't familiar with uh, Persia, why don't you let them know your history in the fighting game community? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, well. <laughs> do you want oh, one really? of us to do <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know, but yeah, go for it. 
a really long time ago. Um, I was just a, a young girl who wanted to play games. And <laughs> uh, I ended up, like, kind of... It's actually a funny story, actually, because I was playing FPS games, like, back in the day in Texas. And I'd never played a fighting game really a day in my life. Like, I have played, um, like, with my brother, but... I didn't know I was playing fighting games at that time. I was just like a button masher. And he would just ring out me and all the time. That's all I really remember. And then I ended up moving to New York, you know, learning fighting games, playing. Marvel came out. Um, and then I just played a lot of Marvel, went to a biggie tournament. I got on the mic for fun because there was no one around. So I just <laughs> got on and um, <laughs> to help out. And biggie was like, yo. You, like you should get on more and then it was it like snowballed from there and then some years pass um i started doing more like gigs bigger gigs and i get like my first opportunity to do hosting which was super fun um i had always felt like it was something i would want to do i just never knew if i would have a big opportunity for it because at that time like the fgc wasn't really in like a we're gonna have a host for every event type of position it was more like yeah we got some commentators uh, if they're not also playing in the match, then maybe we'll pick up somebody who's around type thing. So then honing my skills a little bit with the hosting and whatnot. Um, I was like really back and forth with like leaving my day job at the time. And I eventually did, but I did it way too soon. It was not smart. So I <laughs> continued to struggle for a few more years. And then eventually I found out about this position at GameSpot, which was really exciting because it also showed up at a time where I was really at a crossroads. Like, I really wasn't sure if I was doing anything right or if it was going to, like, really pay off and, like, kind of going all in on it isn't the smartest thing, but I was, like, still holding out hope. And then it ended up working out, and I got the position, and it was... I cried so hard. <laughs> I freaked out the HR person who, like, <laughs> called me for the offer. Um, and I've been there now, like, almost two years now, um, and it's awesome. It's, like, my dream job. I'm still super happy to be here every day. I'm like, oh, snap, and um, I've, they've still been super awesome about letting me do FGC stuff, and, like, I just did the Street Smarts thing. Shout-out to Carolyn for really, like, making that whole thing happen. Right. I think it was really, really useful information for, um, you know, not only just players, but even people in the industry who are interested in you know, other stuff besides playing. So that was really awesome. And, you know, it's cool that I still get to do a little bit, although I do miss, like, really being around more. <laughs> I do feel like I am more, I far, mean, far, more far removed than I once was. Yeah. You're not missing much in person right now. So. <laughs> I, 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 sure. I, I also miss actually hanging around right and like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. like that's the problem we all have right now so you're not alone i mean one of the things obviously i mean there's a lot of, i know you kind of jumped around and everything but i mean there was at one point in time where you and nina were doing a lot of commentary at nlbc yeah. uh that's kind of where you got your like got to hone your craft a little bit then you got gigs at evo and then eventually you did top eight for Marvel at Evo and a lot of people consider you like one of the you know their favorite or the best commentator for Marvel 3 so you know uh, you definitely have a lot of uh, 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 credentials and a lot on that re on that FGC resume <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess I kind of glossed over that. I don't know. I just feel like there's so many amazing people in the community and so many, like, amazing commentators on top of that that, you know, when you kind of look at the pool, it's hard to be like, yeah, I was de I'm so detrimental to, like, SDC <laughs> <laughs> commentary. I'm like, I don't know if I, if I truly feel that way, but I definitely feel like it was some of the best times of my life, and I miss Marble 3, and I definitely tried to do parsec things, but my brain can't, like, handle the setup, so that's a work progress but <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean i mean a long time ago and i know I've, I've mentioned this to you before but you know you were probably one of the first prominent uh women commentators in the fgc and i mentioned that i felt like you know a lot of what you were doing was very important for the scene because uh, frankly i feel like you were one of the first uh ones that were you know at that top eight evo level and you really kind of you know uh built that craft and kind of opened the doors for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know I was actually the first official female like commentator for Evo until they had told me when I was like right about to go onto the mic and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> really? no pressure, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a lot. And then, yeah. but the cool thing was, was to see people messaging me and like, you know, contacting me saying man my daughter really loved watching you or like other women saying man it was really awesome seeing you up there it makes me want to do it and you know my response is always like well you definitely can because i didn't start playing and doing all this so i could be a commentator it just happened and you know these are people who are already doing that they're playing and they love these games so you know i just feel like people at the time didn't know that they could pursue it and now that they do know i feel like it's opened a lot of doors for people which is great so you know if i've had a healthy hand in that then that is awesome because at the end of the day i want everybody to like reach their goals and like <laughs> you know find and, and like, you find know, their like that's that's like really admirable of you sam but Shayon. And uh, Antiparticle in the chat <laughs> said no. Tubo vs. Persia Marvel 3 win and Tubo vs. Persia commentary battle win. I just want <laughs> everyone to know Sam don't want it on either of those fronts. And we're going to leave it at that. Oh, boy. Oh, Tubo. I will body <laughs> Sam. All right, look, I'll say this, right? Well, actually, you know what? It was Nina, I think, the one that would, was bragging about her Tetris skills. I don't think you were bragging about them, <laughs> so I don't have to. I mean, I do love me some Tetris, but, you know. <laughs> All right, so I'll I, go. I, like, low-key have two world records in Tetris that are just only mine because they're uncontested, but. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Um, there are two uh, Guinness World Records in Tetris DS. There was like time trial number one, and then there was another like speed trial. It was like one of the random mini games. So I was like, "Ooh, there's no one like going to this score. Let me just like flip <laughs> in there for a second. I mean, you're the <laughs> best, then. Yeah, that's just as legit a world record as anything else. Yeah, I mean, you're the best. All right, time yeah, to time fast. to go knock down this record here. Okay, wow. coming after you. And, you know, shout out to Next Hit Wins because like. Um, I remember mentioning it on Twitter that I never got a chance to actually buy that book that had my little two lines of text with my name on it that year. And they found it, a copy of it on Amazon, old 2013 Guinness Book, and they mailed it to me. I wow. was like, this is the sweetest gift I've ever, ever That's so had. Cool. So, yeah, super awesome. Shout out to them for that. Nice. Oh, man. All right. So, I mean, 
it's interesting because you had said that you you didn't expect like to do commentary. That wasn't one of your goals. It just kind of happened. And 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 like I said, I mean, from the NLBC days to what you were doing at Evo, the the growth in your commentary was tremendous. I mean, you definitely honed that craft and such. I mean, do you feel like though that's kind of what led you into the role of being a host and being hired by GameSpot to be a, a an on camera personality? I think the trajectory of it was really interesting because, like, when I think back on it, um, like, in elementary school, middle school, I was, like, in those, ooh, gifted and talented classes, whatever. But they also, <laughs> like, we got to do cool stuff, like, host the morning news for the school on oh, the little screens and stuff right. like that. So when I think back on it, I'm like, man, I kind of low-key was, like, <laughs> kind of familiar with this back then, like, at least being on camera, but I didn't really realize it. But when I first joined the FGC and I had went to New York, um, do you guys remember Seb? I think he was like from FADC or something like that. Sure, yeah, oh, Seb, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like streaming a bunch of stuff. No one was around and he asked me to get on. This was for Street Fighter 4. And I'm telling you, I was like a week into playing. I just learned how to low floor fireball from Stanford like a week before <laughs> and he tells me to get on the mic i completely froze i was like straight yeah. up like mom mm. spaghetti like could not say a single word it was really really bad i got up and i was like i'm never doing that again <laughs> never ever doing that again Man. then <laughs> so it was interesting that when marvel 3 came out and i was playing it a lot it really just does come with like confidence because I was playing Marvel way more. Yeah, um, for sure. And then after playing Marvel more and then also playing Street Fighter more throughout it, I had gotten on Street Fighter for commentary randomly, like very, very brief moment. And I, you know, I held my own and I was like, nice, okay. It was, it's definitely down to like a confidence thing. You know, I definitely mm -hmm. knew nothing at the time and I'm, I'm not the type to like rip off and, you know, like be funny on the spot and improvise and like fill that <laughs> dead air with like, you know, something else valuable. Like, I'm definitely not that time. <laughs> and, and not at that time either. So um, it was interesting. But confidence and, like, really, like, knowing and playing goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what helped because I was playing yeah. a lot. I mean, as I far as... Yeah, go, no, go I just it. wanted to say I just really like what Sleazy says in the in the in the chat. He's like, I've done commentary at a local for Smash, and it was then that I learned that commentary commentary is way harder than it looks, and that's absolutely true. So, yeah, it has its own sort of fundamentals that you need to learn and improve at, of course. <laughs> sure. But mm -hmm. how did you how did you go about doing that? What was that process for you? It's not just about getting stronger at the game, although I agree that that certainly makes you more confident and you feel better and that you know, you're less nervous as a result. I definitely think that's true. But as far as improving the rest of your commentary game, how did you manage that? I almost feel like in general, even like day-to-day -day speaking with people, like I tend to like form the way I speak around like people around me. And I feel like that was a big factor in my commentary, especially when I was starting, was just finding out how I could best support my co-commentator mm. and kind of mm. just like, you know, instead of trying to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Persian, I'm like in this duo, it was more like, oh, yeah, it's my co-commentator and I'm here to like make it all smooth and like, you know, be the butter and all that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
be the butter. <laughs> be the butter, you know? Okay, um, okay. And I think, I don't know, that just helped me not only, like, learn how to commentate with people, but also learn more from my co-commentators. And then, over time, I was able to get a little bit more comfortable with me as a commentator. I even did, oh my gosh, I remember, which in hindsight, especially now with the pandemic, is not a good idea, but I remember Absolute <laughs> Battle 5. I definitely had a cold, and I solo commentated for six hours straight on that uh, cold. And man. I immediately took a night cold, went to sleep, and woke up the next day, next day and commentated top of the <laughs> Jeez. It was crazy. Yeah. And, <laughs> what what year was that? Would you say? Um, I want to say it was like whatever year Absolute Battle Five was. I, I like time is just a concept to me now. Yeah. But like that's a long time ago at this point, right? Because that's <laughs> it yeah. was a while like, ago. FGC I mean, commentary hasn't worked like that in a while. <laughs> no offense to my co-commentator for that following day, but his name was Fafton America, and I was like, "What's your real name?" And he told me his real name, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm calling you that <laughs> instead today." Fafton America, genius. Um, he was a great wow. person, uh, but the name I was like, "Yeah, you're not gonna catch me on stream saying." I mean, now I'm like, whatever. It's out yeah. <laughs> the as, moment, as you're like, saying I'm it this all toppy you know yeah. you oh, genius <laughs> so i guess i mean obviously you know we're talking about this and it sounds like it's been like oh my gosh persia rise to success like and everything and like everything is going great but obviously yeah. that's not the case especially i mean if this is something that you would be willing to talk about you know for encouragement for other women trying to get into esports but i'm sure being a girl, you've probably run into a lot of uh, obstacles as well. I mean, is, is, is that something that you want to talk about, some of the hardships that you've run into because, you, you know, you're a woman trying to make it in the, in the world of esports? Hmm. I mean, obviously the biggest thing, like no one ever thinks you deserve where you are, what you've accomplished, like, you know, but mm -hmm. those things are just like, it's like air you know, it's like wind in the air at this point. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> it's there. And there's nothing I can do about it. Um, and, oh, also for the record, I definitely had a blast doing that six-hour solo commentary, even though I was sick. So yeah. <laughs> it might have sound like I was complaining, but it was actually super fun. And um, it was just funny to think about circumstances. But anyways. Uh, what was the... Oh, yes, yeah, obstacles. I mean, it's kind of tough to say really because you know if I'm going to be real I feel like at the time because of the people I was around and I was affiliated with it was kind of like a shield and a little bit of a barrier so I probably mm -hmm. took a lot less of the brunt than I would have if that wasn't the case even though I did experience like nonsense most of it's just like about how you look and oh my god you need to lose weight and this <laughs> and that it's like okay whatever like what does that have to do with me playing the game and me talking about the game and then if i like tell you to money matching right now you don't want to go so it's like, <laughs> what do you want me to say and on top of the fact it's like these people they're just brave online because i really have not had anybody in person like come and tell me anything like that i feel like the closest thing was someone came up to me and they were like uh, at Evo, by the way, which is even more funny. They were like, have you seen this compilation video someone made of you about your worst commentary ever? And I was like, no, I haven't. But um, 
thanks. And he was like, do you want to see it? I was like, no, I don't want to see it at all, please. Like, you know, I already, like, really hate seeing my own content in general. So it's like, that was, like, level 10 anxiety moment right there. I'm like, oh, okay. Who does that? Hey, you a really <laughs> terrible thing about you? Let me show you. Come with me. I'll show you now. Uh, yeah. No, I don't want to see that, you dingus. It was actually this guy who made the compilation yeah, yeah i know right <laughs> oh man have you seen my yeah, video i, I mean know. the video of you on yeah. oh. like to be fair i don't know if they meant it in a malicious way or if they were just like because they were also trying to explain how they thought league of legends commentators weren't good and then they mm. like followed up with that so i was like okay maybe you're trying to tell me it is good but i don't know how like my <laughs> video of my first commentary i'm like yeah Trust if, me, if you're a fan just say so yeah, yeah, I could probably do without that. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I'm probably just one of those situations where he's like, "I, I want to talk to Persia. What, what do I talk about?" <laughs> right. Yeah. He like instantly walked away and was like, "Stupid, stupid." <laughs> Classic. Like hey, trying to talk to somebody. There. Yeah. I feel like I've done that too. Like, go and talk to somebody, and then you're walking away like, "Why did I say that?" Yeah, I've been there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Not me, I've never made that mistake. I always say exactly what I mean and mean what I say. Yeah, so oh. anyway, Persia... Uh, no, <laughs> no, I mean, like, because you had talked about how, you know, going down commentary and all this stuff was kind of, like, not what you were intending, I guess. But, you know, like, now that you are at GameSpot and you're doing all this hosting stuff, I mean, do you consider this kind of like a dream job at this point? A hundred percent. Like, I really, really love this job and I really feel super comfortable and like confident. It's like the last time I felt this confident in something was when I was at my prime commentating Marvel 3. And after Marvel 3 kind of simmered down a bit, there was like some serious soul searching with like, what do I do? You know, other fighting games are not really hitting it for me like that. I remember you texted me literally what are we gonna commentate now and you started asking me about dragon ball fighter i remember like i don't know a few months after fighters i come out and we talked about yeah what do we commentate now because yeah and honestly like dragon ball was cool but there are so many other commentators who actually have like a lifelong love for dragon yeah. ball in general mm. and honestly i don't so it's like i could like the game all i want but there are people who've had a lifelong yeah. attachment to this ip mm -hmm. That really deserves this time right now. And, like, I don't feel like that's, like, my my game anyway. So yes. that's why, like, I did do a few, like, Dragon Ball events, which was super fun. Because it is, like, I mean, sorry. It's pretty much like Marvel. But it is fun. But, yeah, <laughs> for that reason, I was just like, mm, yeah, I'm not really playing it. But when this Project L fight game comes out, I'm pretty hyped <laughs> for that. I'm not going to lie. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. take over the role of TubaWare for this interview. But, you know, if... Uh, if uh, GameSpot, you know, wants to hire any other host or anything like that, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, you know, you know, you know me and, you know. <laughs> so what, what kind of stuff we, we've been talking a lot about, we've been talking a lot about commentary, but what, what exactly are you doing now for people who haven't been paying attention? So my position now is super fun because I get to work a lot on sponsor content. Um, which also means I get to work with a lot of other cool creators and influencers and stuff like that on top of like really cool brands. 
And most of it's like usually for stuff that's up and coming and coming out soon, which is also really nice because, you know, I was like head down in fighting games for so many years that I missed a lot of like games and my backlog of games just became so massive. So the fun part has been being able to get back to like my general gaming roots, like back when I was a kid, seeing even some of my favorite like games come back, like Crash Bandicoot, you know, Crash Bandicoot and like Yoshi's Island were like the first two games I ever beat with my mom. You know, she helped me get through Aww. all the levels I couldn't get through. So it's Aww. like, I have like sentimental Adorable. attachments to like a lot of these games, like when's the new F-Zero? Cause that was definitely me and my dad's favorite. So nice. <laughs> it's like nice to get back to that and like not be a freaking try hard all the time. Cause I feel like when you <laughs> fight games, like you have to be a try hard all the time. Yeah. You have to be all the best time. all the time. And, Oh, you dropped that combo? Well, you don't deserve to come to Evo Top 8. Like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Dude, how many times has Punk been washed up now, you know? <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's true. And I, I think this is the experience for many of us in the FGC that we end up focusing so strongly on fighting games. We kind of begin to ignore other game genres, even if we had played that stuff before we got it hardcore into the FGC. I know that's that's my experience, certainly. And I, I play much less. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've talked about a lot of, uh, you know, FGC stuff and everything like that. But one thing that we haven't gotten to uh, that somebody mentioned in the chat, uh, tell me a little bit about XO Academy and how that came about. Oh, man, I really love XO Academy. Like when I started it, it was because I really just wanted to give back, I guess. Well, no, what what really... is the EXO Academy for those who don't who don't oh. who aren't aware of it? So, so EXO Academy is a four week training program, and it's like super intensive, very vigorous training program where I handpick one player, um, you know, one woman in the community who's looking to take their game to the next level, and not only their game but their entire esports profile, so to say, mm -hmm. um, to the next level, and I pair them up with a hand-picked coach. I try to find really good matchups. And, you know, they also learn not only gameplay stuff, but physical therapy with Kate McGee. We have Mama yeah. Dow, Carolyn Dow, excuse me, rebranding. Also teaching branding and marketing. So very fitting right now. Let me get it right. <laughs> um, which is it's super awesome. Uh, Amanda Stevens, she teaches media training to all of our players. And it kind of covers all of these things. We also have like our electives too. So if we have someone interested in commentary, we got James Chen to roll through. And I added like the commentary section of it. So whether someone's interested in like content creation, shout out to Corey Gaming. That's our coach for content creation. Um, cosplay, Vampy Bit Me, she's our coach for, for cosplay. So whatever secondary interest the player might have, I paired them up also with a session with like a special skills coach, that's what I've called it. <laughs> um, so that they can also have something as a backup. Because if there's anything I've learned so far, it's like, you know, you, like it's really hard to be a player only. Yes, yeah. you can definitely use that as a launching pad, but you have to have more, you have to have, um, you know, everyone has more skills than just one skill, even if they don't realize it. Some people don't realize they have a second skill or third or fourth. And, you know, I feel like I've, I'm kind of proof of that. I at one point said I was never going to commentate again. <laughs> I think we've all said that at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been really cool to like help people kind of see the power within themselves. And also I make the four weeks very, very intensive 
as kind of a ankle weight training type thing. You go through this four weeks, you can survive this four weeks. Um, then when you have your own time to make your own schedule, that's a little bit more flexible for you. It doesn't feel so daunting and it feels like something that you can actually keep up for a long time. Um, and you know, stay consistent because consistency is key. And the cool thing, well, pre COVID was that at the end of the four weeks, we would send the player to a major event. So, um, like last year we sponsored eight players. I think we went to like five total events. It was really awesome. Bunch of different games. Um, this year we were only able to have one wave, like one player and one wave, but it was still really awesome. Probably one of my favorite matchups, which was with Athena and Cuddlecore for Tekken 7. Yeah. Like definitely hands down one of my favorite, only because I felt like the matchup was so great. They both learned so much from each other. And then Athena did end up getting picked up by an organization afterwards. And it's really exciting to see that, you know, we're at like above 75% on players getting picked up by somebody after the oh, program. Dang. That's um, awesome. Which is really, yeah. really high. Um, some of them are no longer like with the groups that originally signed them back then, but they're still doing amazing things right. or maybe now with another organization and they also know their worth and they know they feel mm-hmm, comfortable mm-hmm. when they're getting themselves into you. And cool. that's the most important part, honestly, is like ever since I felt like, you know, knowledge is power and confidence is key <laughs> and all that really does come from you feeling like you know you know what you're doing and you know what to expect. So right. that's why I try to throw at them in the program nice. so that when they go out on their own they know what to do. They don't feel scared or anything like that. And then they also get some you know, cool opportunities in the future as well. Because shout out to Red Bull for being a huge partner with EXO <laughs> even from the start. You know, this year, next year, we have some awesome things in the works. And, and even our favorites from the first year and the first season, we're going to be seeing those ladies again. It's going to be really exciting. I can't talk anymore about it. I mean, just like, just um, like as an yeah. example, it was the EXO Academy that got uh, Samurai to train Maureen, right? Yes. Yes, like Marine was already super strong too, so it was really perfect. Yeah, and then that was I because I remember when she beat Dogura. (laughs) Oh my god! Evo, I remember. Was that Evo or was that Combo? It was one of the events. CEO, CEO, CEO. CEO. Mm -hmm. I remember because Samurai was there, like coaching her beforehand and like cheering for her and everything like that. So definitely, uh, you you had a, a big part in that as well. So. Yeah, when it comes to picking the players and the coaches, like, there are even more women in the community who've applied that I feel, like, deserve to go through the program, but I haven't found, like, the right coach for them yet, or timing and scheduling is not lining up. And honestly, I don't want to just pick a top player and then be like, all right, train this person. No, I want it to work. I want the matchup to be favorable. I want, like, like for Marine and Samurai, for instance, we already knew Marine was, was very good yes but her mental fortitude mm. was not very strong ah. and samurai on the other hand i feel like he is very good at learning how to calm himself we have seen him time and time again breathing techniques you know calming the mind that was what i really wanted her mm. to learn. so that's why i put them up together so that she, so that because i know once she was able to control her emotions she would be able to do anything she wanted to. I was 100% sure she was going to get into top eight at that event, actually. I was like, oh, she's <laughs> in there. I remember sitting at my desk in GameSpot because I started working GameSpot like a few months into EXO Academy's birth. 
So that also threw a little bit of a wrench in the program because I am kind of like a one-woman show. Like I'm doing like the video editing mm. and the social media and all this other stuff, the graphics and whatever. So it was like super crazy. But I remember sitting at my desk. It's super quiet around me. <laughs> she beat him and I'm just like, let's go. I like jump up. I like bang my knee on the table. I'm like literally in tears. I was like tearing up and then everyone's just laughing at me because a lot of people at GameSpot actually knew me from the FGC. And uh, they had seen my commentary and stuff like that. Like, even on my first day when they were touring me around the office, they are like, oh, my God, Persia, I love your Marvel 3 commentary. This is awesome. Um, so it was actually really cool. So they just laughed at me, you know. Fine. <laughs> sure they I were big fans, it. so they just laughed at yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Expected. Oh, man. Well, um, we are coming towards the end of this. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Um, I, oh, um, I guess, I mean, nothing majorly important, but I've also started making clothes because Whoa. that's been fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like I invested in a little drawing tablet this year because that was my like quarantine hobby I wanted to pick up. I was like, if I'm going to be stuck inside, I'm going to learn something new. All right. So drawing and like manifesting what I picture in my brain has been my... <laughs> My quarantine hobby, I've been making, like, prints that are all, like, fighting game related. And, like, yeah, I have, really like, cool. these flowers yeah, cool. and arcade stick stuff. So if you guys want to check it out, please feel free to do that. <laughs> nice. um, so, yeah. Cool. That's it. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having Oh, man. So I'm, <laughs> we're all, we were saying this before we went on the air. We're all, like, really happy for and proud of you for all that you've done. It's super cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, where where can people find you on social media and plug all that stuff as well? Well, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Persia underscore XO. You can also catch me on GameSpot's daily news on YouTube.com slash GameSpot. Just check out Save State and also other sponsor content heading your way. I also help out with the live streams over there. But I also live stream on Twitch.tv underscore uh, slash uh, Persia underscore XO. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> like, it was going well until it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I mean, that was almost first take. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Sam. And uh, I know I talked a lot of shit earlier, but honestly, I'm Persia's biggest number one fan. I keep I keep my little commentator's Marvel guide that she signed. It's on my oh my gosh, back there. The you guys can't spectators see guide. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Yeah. Oh my god, memories, memories. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh, wait, yeah, can so... I? You have it up there? Can you show it on the camera? I, oh. I mean, I can go get it and I can put it on oh, camera. Okay, that's fine. But, I mean, I'm down um... to wait for him to do that. I mean, if he wants, so right. hold on, hold on. I can give it back straight. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. While he goes and gets it. So it's, it's CEO 2013, Whoa. I believe. And um, shout out to Raid, who actually wrote the guide. Yeah. Um, and it was a Google document. And I was like, Raid, we need to print this. We need to get this to the people. We need to take it to events. And so I Yay. designed the, the thing. We yeah, had it printed through like a super official company because I told Raid, I was like, if we make it high quality, people won't throw it away and they won't throw it on the ground. If yeah. we just make it some regular mm. old paper, no, it's glossy paper. It was printed. We had to order a minimum of 300. 
Um, so we designed a spectator's guide. What people can expect when they're watching the game. If they don't, you know, know what's going on, they might be able to read through this. And sure enough, we went, we passed out probably like 250 of them at CEO. Not a single one on the ground or like trashed up anywhere. I was like, nice. this concept is done. Um, yeah, and also it. shout out to Jubilee for letting us pass them out because we yeah. tried to pass, uh, ask to pass them out at other events, but got denied. Yo, look at this. You like broke down character archetypes. I don't know whether you guys can see yeah. that. But... Team archetypes, yep. Yeah. Well rounded. Like, even like that frame by frame of like what certain setups do. And stuff. It was really so fun to make. Little Persia autograph. That's awesome. Aww, and we didn't so we didn't even get to a chance to talk about the effort that you and like what was it uh kp kinder party and everybody was we're trying to keep uh, marvel kinder 3 party. alive at that marvel lives yeah marvel lives man Rest in peace. good time yeah y'all tried your best for a while <laughs> <sighs> okay we got a new generation taking over for us we'll yeah <laughs> Well, it's you're true. you're on to bigger and better things now. Don't don't forget about us, little FGC. When you know you're. <laughs> oh man. What do you mean? I when mean... she's already famous, charity. <laughs> yeah. <it>. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. How you many times it. people are like, "Who's Persia?" <laughs> mm. Like I'm still asking myself that too. I mm -hmm. thank so much for everything, girl. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on again. Alright, well bye Sam. Yeah, bye. later. Take care and have a good one. I'll see I'll see you on yeah. the internet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well that was cool. It's always really nice to hear from Persia. She said at the beginning of that that like she misses hanging out with everybody and I know that that's how we all feel and none of us can do it. Yeah. Even if we are still like more closely involved with fighting himself than she currently is. Uh, but yeah, I miss hanging out with her too. It was always really fun to hang out with her and, I mean, you know, the scene in general. But yeah, we always had a blast hanging out. Yeah, I'm like getting teary-eyed. I just really miss events now. Yeah, dude. One of these decades. <laughs> one of these decades. Fucks, man. Rough. Yeah, one of these decades, we'll get back to that. <sighs> All right. Thanks again to Persia for coming on. Yeah, someone asked me a while ago that, you know, uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, excited to see you at live events again in 2021. And I was like, well, <laughs> we'll see. here's the thing about 2021. Yeah, uh, we'll see. All right. Five, five All matchup. Right. Yeah, we move on. We move on. So first, ah uh, yes, let's talk about this bad moderators topic. Here's the backstory, which I wrote down and tried to get correct. So please let me know if any of it's wrong. But I like try to do some research on this. So. Uh, the upshot is that uh, Vicky Viper was banned from Fightcade 2 by Dine, who was a mod there. Um, Dine had been banned by the vampire community for harassment, inappropriate touching, stalking, transphobic comments. Nevertheless, was allowed to play in and commentate in an event uh, just recently. And uh, Vicky then saw that and like ripped on Dine on Twitter. It was like this is like this shouldn't be happening basically. And then Dine banned her from Fightcade 2, which he was a mod of. Uh, what a jerk. Once, once f the people who, I guess, run Fightcade 2, like, heard about this, they undid that ban pretty quickly, and now Dine is not a moderator there oh, anymore. Cool. Okay. So they did actually make changes, which is great. Uh, but this, you know, so this is, like, overish now, uh, I guess, and I actually asked her, and she said that she's going to keep playing on Fightcade 2 now because they they did have that response and because there's been so much support for her. 
But I think it's yeah. interesting to talk about the idea of what happens when like the mod is the jerk. I think most commonly like we're thinking about how to do a fighting game community code of conduct or how to like run a discord or a chat or whatever it is. And we have the idea that ideally whoever's moderating that stuff like should be cool. All right, that's like what we are hoping for. But that's not something that you can guarantee in each case. And so what do you do if the mod is the jerk? Um, I mean, <laughs> you, what can you do? That's not good luck. You know, that's, that's just kind of how the internet is. Usually if the mod's a jerk, what can I mean, you do? The, 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 there's a lot of, I mean, honestly, so obviously they're just a mod. So there's yeah. levels above them. So you go yeah. to the levels above them and talk to them about that kind of situation. Now, if the person who's at the level above them also a jerk, <laughs> also yeah, a problem, I mean, then honestly, that's when you boycott, right? I mean, that's that's how you kind of, like, let's say the Fight K guys were like, nah, dude, like, we're totally on dying side for this, you know, ban Vicky Viper and just left it at that. I would honestly stop supporting Fight K too. I wouldn't use it anymore. You know, like it's something that I wanted to jump on, play some Super Turbo a little bit more and everything like that. But if that was their response, then you boycott, right? Then you got to hit them in that kind of area. There always is that kind of option. You know, it's obviously, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's why, you know, we're, we've always, all three of us have been such fervent supporters of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movements and the protests and stuff like that. That's, that's basically how you try to go about exacting change. You know, our history is completely developed on that with, hey, look how awesome we were dumping tea into the ocean. You know, like we brag about that all day. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden they're trying to tell us not to protest. Whatever, dude. Like, but, you know, bringing it back to our little situation. Hey, man, this got off the rails real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, and bringing it back. tea like, party. <laughs> but just like, you know, with these kind of situations, that's what you do with toxic people in charge. You go above them or you just boycott and protest, essentially. Yeah, I mean, the mods in Fightcade 2 have been not great, like, the whole time. I haven't spent that much time playing Fightcade 2 yet, but when I have been in there, like, it's pretty racist in those rooms. I'm, I don't know if you guys have run into this, too, but I've seen other people talking about it on Twitter. I never look at chat. Like, not in GGPO, <laughs> not in Fightcade. I've never looked at chat. Like, you... Because I, I know. know. I know what to expect. Okay, all right. Well, maybe that's why. But as you're in there, like, you're trying to, you're trying to be like, hey person do you want to play some games and then the, you know then you get matched up like that's a that's like one of the ways you can right. play people in that and so like i am looking at the chat and yeah like it's very it's very racist uh so when i first heard about this i wasn't like surprised because i i feel like things things like being transphobic are often accompanied by things like racism it's like not categorically true mm -hmm. but you know yeah, oftentimes and so it didn't surprise me at all uh, to learn that, that this person was a mod in there. I'm glad that this is resulting in change. And yeah, I think that like this was as good a way to handle it as you could. 
Um, you know, the scene basically Vicky like put up on Twitter like, hey, I got banned, heads up everybody, this sucks. And everybody that I follow like, was immediately like, what, why? This needs to change like right away. And and that's that's great. Like I'm really I'm really happy that that was the response, and that then the fight gate people actually took the step. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. You know, there are there are sometimes I've run into these situations. I'm sure you guys have too, where a mod and people in power are just they are they are the jerks, and you just have to either put up with it or get out of there at some point. And you may not actually have control in situations where like one person owns the website. Right or one person is is the like head person of Discord, whatever the lead situation yeah. the mod is. I don't know what you call it for Discord, but uh, you know we we all we all been there, and you just got to go at some point if you're not gonna put up with it. But my experience is that that's like relatively rare. More commonly, you can put pressure on people, or at least on other members of the mod team, right? It's not always the case that all the mods suck. Sometimes it's like some mods suck, sometimes are the, the other mods may not suck. So you can put pressure through that way. You can put pressure externally, like we've been talking about. So I, I feel like that my experience is more commonly that like you can actually have an effect. But yeah, sometimes you're gonna run into people who are just not gonna change and then you gotta skedaddle and make your own thing. Yeah, and, and a lot of times too, you're gonna run into situations where you just don't have the power to like it's something that you definitely need to use and you know you just don't have the ability to just kind of boycott it and stuff like that we all definitely get stuck in those kind of situations as well which is unfortunate but you know i, I think vicky viper kind of did it in a proper way just talked about it publicly kind of exposed what was happening and uh you know just kind of uh people brought it up people started talking about it and like I've met the guys who created Fightcade and Fightcade Two. They're they're wonderful people. So like I'm I'm glad that they had this response and took care of it right away because it would be it would make me very sad if if they did not. Let's put it that way. It's true as well. What Shay says: not everybody's tweet gets likes and views. Yes. So Vicky's been a player for a long time. She's been a top player in a bunch of different games. A lot of people are following her on Twitter, and. Yeah, I mean, of course, that's a big part of why this happened as fast as it did. Or at all, maybe. Right? Or at all. What do you do if you're somebody who doesn't have that kind of platform? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know somebody like that right now who's often talked to me about a particular scene that's that's been toxic towards them. Uh, I, I, It's like, it's, it's a very weird situation, and it's something that I want to address and talk about, and I need to dig deeper and find out more about it, the situation and such, but, you know, they're not a person that has a voice. They don't have the ability to, to, to have that kind of response, so it is a very difficult situation for them, and I'm not sure, you know, what the answer is at that point. That does make it a little bit harder uh, for them. Yeah, it's more of the when I said, what can you do? Right, more exactly. Like, not everybody, most people don't have thousands of Twitter followers that are all from the same hobby that would also yell at the moderators or admins mm -hmm. or whoever. So that's what I meant. Like, what, most people like, what do you do? You, you get banned and you make a new account and you get a new IP address and you try again. That's what most people probably go through when they get banned from sites that they yeah. want to be a part of. So. I do get messages not infrequently from people who have some issue like this. And I try to look into them 
And I feel like most of the time, it turns out that they were the jerks. The person who's like trying to <laughs> tell me that like I got banned unjustly, and it turns out like it was for a very good reason. That's been mostly my experience, but not categorically. You know, sometimes I have been approached by people who were banned for reasons that didn't make sense from whatever it was, uh, or that didn't make sense to me anyway. And so, in some of those instances, I have helped people. I mean, I'm not gonna like. There's not a lot of like lawyering that I can do because these are all private spaces, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you could you could at least help spread the word. And so, in in those cases, there are people who may have a sympathetic ear that maybe do have bigger platforms that you can help, uh, uh, that you can ask for help from. That's something that you can do. But yeah, it, it's true that for at least some situations, for some people, there's not going to be a lot that you can do. Uh, I, I hope that the trend is toward having a better code of conduct. This is something we've talked about many times over this past year, especially in the light of all the really bad news that's come out in the FGC. And having spaces, uh, or, or at least having some recourse, is really important. And, and feeling like you can have some sort of recourse. There's going to be a limit to this because you know, fight the people who own Fightcade 2 will have the final say on what gets done here. But having that kind of larger organization, the code of conduct or some group or whatever it's going to be called, to put the pressure at least is now not just you as some individual with not many followers, not many people who know you. It is a bigger group at that point and that you could at least hope for at least a little bit more uh, leverage to come from. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. I guess we'll see. We shall. As far as this one, yeah, I'm glad that it ended up working out how it worked out. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I just before we move on, uh, I also wanted to bring up that King Hippo put up a list of all the people that he's aware of who have been banned from stuff. Yeah, so part, that's right. Part of why things like this come up sometimes is that it's very difficult for many of us to know like who has been banned from stuff. Like, I, I don't know who put this tournament together that had Dine as a player and commentator. I don't know the story. But it's easy for me to imagine that they just hadn't heard of the fact that like Vampire Arcadia had banned him from their stuff. Right. It's hard to follow everything. It's hard to keep track. And even me, I'm following this. I do this show every week. I have a terrible memory for who did what. I'm really bad at this. And so I've often been in the situation of my friends being like, oh, yeah, X person. Yeah, they they did terrible stuff. And I'm I'm always like, what happened? And sometimes they're like, <laughs> they did this to you. And I don't, I don't remember that. I've definitely but, been in that situation. You have been that guy who's told me that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't have a very good memory for this. But having a document where it's all like right there is maybe a way to consult sometimes if you are trying to make decisions about who gets to do I need, to, I need to be real. I think it's kind of cheesy. The the list? Yeah, I do. Like, I mean, I understand the need for it. I get it. <coughs> I don't deny that it should exist. I just think it's kind of weird to be like on Twitter publicly say, "Hey, I made this list of all the bad guys," and like, I don't know, man. It just something doesn't feel right about it to me. Like, I I understand that we need a list, but I don't. Like, just advertising, like, here's a list of shitty people, like, I don't know, man, it just feels, something about it feels weird. It just feels really weird to me. 
Hmm. Well, I don't know. I wonder, does it feel weird to you? Because as a scene, we usually haven't taken steps like that. Like it is, it is kind of a different take than the FGC has tended to have. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know, man. It just, it seems like a lot. Like it should exist. It should be there. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's really weird for me to be like, I don't like it, but it should be there. But that's just kind of where I've, like, it's just, it's just weird to me to list these people yeah. for like the internet to see. Like if you're like a TO and you guys have like a blacklist that you spread between TOs, cool. But like just to have a fucking like, I don't know, like a list of people that suck in the I mean, FGC right there like it just it's just a bit odd to is me. it more just that you know it was basically put together by a single person uh do you, would you feel better if it was put together by a community of people yeah or maybe like that? maybe yeah, yeah something like there is a collective that keeps track of that stuff sure but the fact that it was just hippo and I like hippo a lot I yeah. talked to Tanner more than one time you know we've shook hands in person I've, you know like he's a good dude Nothing against him. I just think it's a bit weird. I don't know. I saw the list and I was just like, I understand this. I understand the need and I support you in that. But also, this doesn't have to be a public document either. Hmm. I don't know. It, I don't it, know. Is, it is definitely different than we've done stuff in the past. And it's, it's important to me to keep the idea that people can improve. That if somebody has been a jerk, that they're not necessarily always going to be a jerk. Right. Sometimes they are, unfortunately, but I want to make it clear that like somebody can change their behavior because I know plenty of examples of people who have. I feel like I have, and many of my friends have. So that is possible to do. And I think the only thing in my mind that is a concern with a list like that is that it can freeze in people's minds like who was the jerk forever. And in some cases, yeah, I think that that is reasonable. Yep. But maybe in other cases, it's not. I'm not really sure what to think about that. But yeah, anyway, there you go. This whole moderation thing continues to be a big deal in the FGC. Like, it probably should be for everybody on the internet. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. All righty. Let's move on to the next one. Which is based on... A tweet that was put up today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a tweet that was put up today by the Cyberpunk account about how that game is going to be delayed again. They're going to delay it, I think, three weeks longer than they had expected. So now it's coming out in December. It's not like forever, but it is a bit of a delay longer than was expected. And they put it out as they do on the big yellow background, right? That's like yeah, the, yeah. what they do. And then. Not brand. long after that, brand Twitter accounts started to come up with jokes of their own yellow background with whatever inanity on it uh, to make fun of this announcement. Yes. Is this a cool thing to do or is it a jerk thing to do? See, so I don't I don't even like how you worded the question because you're already wording the question to make it sound like it's the jerk thing to do. Maybe I did. Okay. <laughs> if this was if this was part of a, a moderated debate, that question in the way it stands now would not be allowed, okay? So that's that's my first problem. The second problem second problem I already know your argument behind this, David. Oh yeah, okay. the other way, this way. Behind this, David, and 
The fact remains, before you even get to say your argument, because I already know it, it's not a jerk move, it's not making fun of the people working on the game, it's just making fun of the ridiculous art style that they've chosen. Like, it's so exciting and in-your-face, and then it's a shitty-ass announcement. Like, you'd think they would just put it on a normal-ass white background with black text and be like, look, we're sorry, we gotta delay this game again, our people are all overworked by 100 million hours a week. But instead, they go, yeah, Cyberpunk! By the way, guys, if you pre-order now, we'll delay the game 21 more days! Like, that's... that's what the <laughs> hell, man? It's I'm, not sure, I'm not sure this is the right phrasing for it either, to be fair. <laughs> Alright, let me give my... Um, but no, <laughs> Your unbiased opinion. Yeah. yeah, I do think... I think that it's... I think it's not nice. Because I do think that it's making fun of... Not just the look of the announcement like not just the graphics in fact i'm not sure that that's the primary thing that it's making fun of it's using the graphics to make it clear what the joke is like what they're referring to but the joke that they're referring to is the fact that there's another delay and i mean that is it is a bummer right if you're somebody who's been expecting that game for a while at this point but at the same time cd project red is known to overwork people by way too much and so for this to be out there for another three weeks is Three more weeks of probable crunch and that's something that i don't want to support so my take on this is that it shouldn't be i don't want them to delay it by three weeks delay it by however long it takes to put out the game in a way that wouldn't kill your employees let them sleep and let them like have a family uh sure. so I, I mean well i'm sure you're not opposed to to that 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 in my mind is what it's making fun of here yeah, yeah. it's just not that deep man it's just, it's just not. It's just not that deep, David. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. know. That's that's what I got out of it, James. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, like, uh, it's weird. They're obviously uh, delaying it. That doesn't mean they're not crunching. Uh, from my yeah. software background history, that probably right. means they're crunching more. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, probably yeah, crunching I mean, more sure. it, it is just it's a weird situation to try to make a joke out of right like if it was like i could understand the the joke if it was making like if you were taking that background and color scheme and in your face you know totally poochy kind of style thing here and uh making fun of it if it was like some other announcement like oh this coming out and this is like super awesome blah 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 you know but i mean this is kind of a weird situation it has implications behind it so i think this wasn't the right timing to make that kind of you know poking fun at them kind of situation so i feel like uh what they should have done um well, nobody should have done anything. I mean, I just don't think the joke was necessary or, or it could have been for one of the other announcements that has l something less, you know, terrible behind it, you know, kind of thing, so. Listen here, you snowflakes. You're just thinking way too hard about this joke, <laughs> okay? All it is is the making fun of the exciting art style and then boom, terrible announcement. And they've done it multiple times. I don't think it goes any deeper than that. I think that's all the people are making fun of. Matter of fact, the majority of the brands that have been copying Arxis, because I think they were the first one I saw use it at least. I don't even know what fucking cyberpunk is. They have no idea what CD Projekt Red is. They're just like, ha ha, this is the meme of the day, and throwing it up on their brand because that's what 
their CM does, and they're just repeating what their monkey see, monkey do. That's that's all. It's just the meme of it. Yeah, it's not yeah. that deep. Oh not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. Is right. It's not the the intention of the joke creators. is not that deep. I 100% agree with that. They they weren't like, hey, let's make fun of the people crunching right now. But you know that is always the 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 the, the weird tightrope to walk when you with humor, right? There is either the intention to be controversial, the intention not to be controversial, but there's also a lot of the undertone and the subtext behind the joke. And a lot of times you just have to be careful. A lot of things that are considered offensive, I don't think are intended to be offensive, but you just have to kind of be wary of that and just be understanding of the situation. That's all it comes down to. So uh, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's something like, oh my God, Arxis and everybody who's doing this, shame on them. Like, I don't think that that's what it's about, but it's just just to be one of those things that like, it's, it's good to be aware of the situation and to understand how it might appear to the poor people who are crunching and suffering right now. That's, that's kind of the concern. You always have to be careful about that extra layer of humor the intention was it supposed to be evil no was it that deep of a joke no but you just that that's part of humor and comedy in general it always has been when you talk to the greatest comedians of all time that's always something that they have to think about and consider when crafting their jokes a lot of people don't care and they intend to be offensive or something like that but you know it's always a part of comedy it's always about there so it's always a part of it yeah, I don't know. I think we're reading close to a slippery slope argument of how deep do you need to dig into everything you say before you offend someone. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think James had a pretty good little encapsulation of it. I think, I, yeah, all right. I'll go with James. I'm going to put my vote toward James and James's take on this. That makes sense. I mean, it does suck that That's because you're like 90% on your side, so that's yeah, unfair. Course. What do you mean? The, the court right. is packed against me. No, I mean, he's right, so I had to vote for him. This is the as Supreme as, Court all As far as the, uh, Cyberpunk getting delayed, because this has happened, and just, I think it was yesterday, whoever runs a social media account was like, yeah, definitely, like, somebody was like, hey, can I take off this day of work on the day that you guys have yeah, announced going to come out that. so that I can be sure to play the game that day? Are you for sure it's coming out that day? And the social media person was like, yeah. Definitely. Whatever the phrasing yeah, was. Sure. And then like 18 hours later, they announced yeah. it away. <laughs> that's rough. You know, that's a bummer for whoever that social media person is because they almost never have the info about like maybe upper management. They should have not it. answered that question though. I agree with you. Should not have answered that question. You, you just, yeah, you don't respond to yeah, that one. For sure. I definitely agree with that part at least. <laughs> not a... Not yeah. a very, it is a thankless job, I feel, being a community manager and oh, social media yeah. person, like, definitely not something that I would want to do. You're mostly signing up to get yelled at by yeah. rabid fans. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's your job. Okay. But, you know. Until you finally it. put Melina in the game. And then they yeah, are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. man, that wasn't even a community manager. That was just Ed Boone straight up. <laughs> but also, it was everybody who works at NRS who yeah. anybody even knows 
publicly works. Yeah, I know. Hey, I had eggs and breakfast this morning. That was I had eggs for breakfast this morning. Where's Molina? Where you guys gonna put Molina in the game? You have egg on your face is what you have until you put Molina in the game. You know, it's like, gee. Oh God! You're right though. You're right though. I don't know how any of those people kept using. Look at this picture of my. Look at this video of my cat doing something really cute. You know what is cute? Molina's cute, especially when she eats people and spits out their bones. You know, like I mean, uh, you're right. Oh. <laughs> you are right. Uh, I meant she got in the game. They they bent to their will. I guess they caved. Yeah. Ugh. All right, I'm done with this topic. Yeah, right. on to the next thing. Are you right. are you done? Are are, are you I'm done? done. <laughs> oh, man. I'm quoting nobody knows I'm quoting Mbaku from Black Panther, but that's like one of my favorite lines right there. Could have been anything. Yeah, I know. Are you done? Are you done? All right. Okay. Poll. Poll time. Poll time. All right. Number the one. What do you think about the Virtua Fighter X esport project during this pandemic? Number second. Do you think a group of dedicated friends can improve over time without playing other people, or will they hit a plateau? C. Do you prefer when new fighting games try to be different from their previous titles, or when they stick to the same formula? Four. Are there styles of fighting game characters that haven't been invented yet? Or that have been invented but haven't been explored enough yet? Five. What can local events do to draw more interest both within and outside of the FGC? And then lastly, is there a single best way to play a character? Also, is there a single best way to play a character matchup? And the winner is number two. Two or's favorite number. Do you think a group of dedicated friends can improve over time without playing other people or will they hit a plateau? Anyone want to go first, or I can... It depends on how tight this bubble is. Do they never play online? Is, is that what they mean by never playing with anyone else? Are they yeah. allowed to watch match videos online? Are they allowed to see other people play the game? Can they, like, there's, there's too many <laughs> outstanding factors for me to give a real thought on this one. So I'm, I'm just going to use a real world example here. Let's just say there's two people in their local scene. They have the ability to travel if they want to. They have the ability to watch YouTube if they want to and things like that. They have the resources to grow because that's just a part of the nature of learning fighting games these days is you have the resources to grow. Travel, not necessarily, but let's just say these guys do travel absolutely they could become some of the best in the world and we've seen it happen it's literally happened uh during the street fighter 4 period before even online was even a, a viable thing with uh gustavo and i peru like i feel like they've always been the example that i always like to give because i've talked to them many times and they're like dude nobody will play us in our scene and this was the old school utah scene. the, the current utah scene is very different Current Utah scene's awesome, by the way. I've got to meet them all in person and everything, and they're all super there. But in the old school scene during the Street Fighter Four days, like they wouldn't even invite Ipru and Gustavo to events because they just they hated fighting against them and they would just lose and they didn't want to have them ruin their fun kind of thing. And so they basically could only practice with each other 
And uh, I even still remember for the longest of time at the beginning, it I Peru was clearly the stronger player. But as time rolled on, Gustavo just get getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And look where he is now. And obviously that's been because he's been able to play more people nowadays. But, you know, the fact that they even got to that point, that Gustavo made it into Capcom Cup for Street Fighter 4, I believe, right? So, um, you know, I just feel like they did such a good job. They knew to keep expanding each other's limits. You know what I mean? They wouldn't be content with one person winning all the time. They were always trying sure, to challenge both of each them other. did play online a lot. That's yeah, what I was did. saying before I made my argument. Like, if you can play online, then I'd argue you don't even need a group of friends to play with. They can honk off. You can do it by yourself like like Wolfcrone did. Yeah, Wolfcrone so, did do that. That's, yeah, I mean, I mean, so like, if, you, if we're talking about playing that'll play online, completely different argument if it's just like, Four pals that only play <laughs> Street Fighter together, and can they look up stuff online? If you're assuming they can, they have all the other tools to play nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, just they just can't play online for some reason. They're like on a navy boat or whatever. <laughs> then yeah, yeah. I mean, if, as long as they have every other tool, they can they can certainly improve. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can look up other people's tech and other tutorials and things like that, obviously you're going to be able to find out. But, like, when I was 12 years old and I was playing Third Strike on Dreamcast with my friends, we thought Jump Roundhouse Sweep was a dope combo, you know? Like, <laughs> like they, we didn't know any better. There wasn't right. resources out there to find out there was other better stuff. Yeah. Like, if somebody did a parry to a fireball, we lost it, you know? Like, yeah. so it's just, it's, it's different if you have these resources or not. If you can look up stuff on the internet, sure, absolutely, you can yeah. get better. I mean, one of the biggest differences that the internet has created was that a long time ago, you would watch people play online, you would watch Vi and John Choi play, and your reaction would be, these guys aren't even that good, you know, because that's, they would only play with each other, and they weren't, like, traveling. Nowadays, it's, you, it's really hard to argue, because literally, we're playing the entire world, and so when you see yep. Punk beat somebody up, you kind of know he's the best. <laughs> Right, I don't. I don't think there's that much debate that Punk and Idom are like really strong players, and so you kind of have that more respect for the top players now, as opposed to just assuming me and my friends could beat Vie. You know, like what used to happen on SRK all the time on the forums back in the day. So for sure, I think it is different with uh, the 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 fact that you know we are playing worldwide, so we do know who the best is. And I can think of a couple examples of people who really did, almost without online play, turn just a small group of friends into being some of the best in the world. Uh, in Bahrain, where yeah. Tekken Master lived and played with just a very small handful of people, like just a couple, two or three, something like that. And online play in MKX was a pile of garbage until they finally updated it, but it came out as a pile of garbage, just like it had been for the previous couple of NRS games. And Tekken Master flew to EVO, and he got to Grand Finals at EVO. And all <laughs> yep. beat Sonic Fox to take first place in the whole tournament. He got um, Sonic Fox to take off the hood, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that is an example of somebody just from relatively nowhere. Uh, doing, I think, what this question is asking. I can't really think of that many more examples of this happening, 
especially because online play is plausible for most people. Yeah. Right in Bahrain, not only is the online play on the game that they were playing really bad, but they just didn't have many people like around them to play, right? You're in the yeah, Middle East where there's not a huge scene otherwise. Um, so that is something that's really rare. I can't immediately think of another example of something that's at that extreme. So I would say in general, while the, que the answer to the question, can a group of dedicated friends improve over time? Yeah, right, we have seen it happen. Mm -hmm. But it's been so rare that I feel that it's not like a plausible way to expect to end up strong for most people. Right. It's yeah. be really rare. In general, almost all of the strong players ever have come from scenes that themselves are strong because they get to play against mm -hmm. so many people. I mean, almost all of the strongest fighting game players are from like major metropolitan areas. They're from like Tokyo or Los Angeles or New York or <laughs> London, right? I mean, there's like these big areas where they get to play against a ton of people constantly. And that's just a really big advantage, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's hard to overcome that advantage, I feel, if you don't have at least access to online play. At least nowadays, I, I don't even agree with you guys who are saying are the, uh, that Arslan Ash's Tekken scene is an example yeah. of this. Arslan Ash they, does not they count. Have, they have a bigger scene. Yeah. We didn't know about it, many of us anyway, didn't know about it in the rest of the world, but it turns out that Northeastern Pakistan actually has a big scene. It's not yeah. just Arslan Ash. Like, yeah. it, I, I don't, there are there. I don't know the history behind Armada, but some people are kind of talking about Armada not having oh, a lot of people. Oh, okay, there. sure. So up there in Sweden, not having any online play for the game that right. he wanted to play. That is, that's a great example as well. That's a really good pick. Yeah. But the one but thing, like similarly, the fact that we can like name two people who got, went through this experience, I think is a sign of just how rare it is. Right. right. So yeah. here's the thing. Can it happen? Like you said, to answer that question, yes. Does that mean that should, how, that's how you should do it? Oh, no, 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 no. Like if, if that's your you only, avoid it. yeah, if that's your right. only choice and that's the only circumstance, by all means, I mean, like, yes, you guys can do it if the two of you, one, are dedicated enough and two, are smart enough to always tell the other person how you're beating them. Because <laughs> that's going to yeah. be the number one thing holding you back. If you have two friends and you win seven to three against the friend all the time and you just like that you guys are not going to grow. But if you spend the entire time going, dude, stop falling for this, or dude, you keep doing this, or hey, this is your weakness, and then that guy's like, yeah, actually, you have a problem with doing this, and if you are both, it's like I always say, the stronger you train your opponent so that your stupid tricks aren't consistent and reliable, the stronger of a player you are to be able to beat them. And so if two people are willing to have that kind of growth where they are very collaborative, absolutely possible not the recommended way to go <laughs> yeah for sure and homeboy had exactly the same experience of your pakistani friend who doesn't know about the fc told you about the strong scene over there and you didn't believe him yeah i had exactly the same experience <laughs> the friend from pakistan who i went to law school with told me about the strong scene and i was like there's no way that's true and it ended up being correct but talking about what you were just bringing up is actually related to something that I was planning to bring up later, but as well right now, which is a video that Arslan Ash's YouTube channel had up of him mm. having a little interview where he's basically, or time of him, him, him talking, where he talked about the fact that his local scene helps him out so much by trying to beat him constantly, right? So, so that is something, let's see the phrasing of it. Uh, he said, I see that there are many players in Pakistan who have a desire to beat me. They are working hard for that. 
This benefits both myself and the community. The benefit for me is that they work towards developing strategies against me. Sometimes they work and I get beaten at tournaments. This is beneficial as I then have to improve my game and level up. <clears throat> this is exactly what you guys are, are saying. And again, I don't think his, his scene is a great example of like a small dedicated group of friends because it is more people than that. Mm -hmm. But right. the, the point is the same of as long as people are challenging each other and are viewing that as like a something that you can learn from and should learn from and that goes back and forth, then yeah, you'll end up improving a lot just like Arslan Ash did. Arsenal Ash is like Bruce Lee, dude. Like the stories of like Bruce Lee would just be walking around Hong Kong and random people would jump out and be like, I challenge you, like just to try to prove that they were better than Bruce Lee and then he would just proceed to kick their ass, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, this is a question that I hope is not super relevant for anybody nowadays. Online play for some games, I guess, still is not great. But for many games, it's at least at a point, like even if it could be improved, it's at a point where you could learn like a pretty substantial amount online. It's not going to be ideal for many things, but you can learn a lot in most games online. So this yeah. question is like maybe not as relevant as it has been in previous times. And if you do have access to the, the internet and you do have a scene, uh, not just locally, but like your, your region geographically has enough online players as well, then that, that's a really important resource to use too. Cool. We did okay. it. Okay. Enough. Let's move on to Ooh, the second, second place. One. Second place. Number four. Are there styles of fighting game characters that haven't been invented yet? Or that have been invented but haven't been explored enough yet? That's our second place champion for tonight. Man. I tried to think about this when I saw that it was suggested as a topic, and I think there may be a reason why I'm not a professional video game developer, because I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like if I if I had the answer to the to, a, to the question, are there styles of fighting game characters that haven't been invented yet? Then I'm like in the wrong job. I should be inventing fighting game character styles. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's zoners and up close grapplers and shades of in between but like not i don't know what else i guess i'm sure that I, exists I, what it is i couldn't tell you i'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of you okay i think it's a ridiculous question to ask if there's styles that haven't been invented yet because obviously there are but how the hell will we know when they haven't been invented yet <laughs> i mean the more fighting games come out, the more fighting games we come out, the more styles of character we're going to see over the years. Obviously, like I just, I feel like that's natural progression, and I feel like it's sure. kind of a silly thing to assume that we've seen it all. We've we've seen zoning and grappling. That's it. We got it. That's that's all that that's it's done. No way. Of course. No, I, th I think I think you're right. Yeah. But it's so the individual character styles is something that I feel like there's tons of iteration left on. But the Larger archetypes. I feel like it's really rare that something gets invented as a new one. People are mentioning Jacko in the chat, and that seems like yeah. a good example, you know? Or, or Rachel like, and BB. Or, or Rachel and BB, or Gargos or something in Modern KI. Like, the, that kind of character is, I guess there's like a few examples of it, you know? But it's, it is really rare. 
as far as what yeah, new archetypes could come up, yeah, I have no idea. I I don't know. I mean, I remember something that my older brother told me a long time ago. You know, when he was very, very, very young, you know, and learning. He, he's very musical. He likes music and everything like that. And, you know, there's only so many notes on a scale and all these things like that. And, you know, as a little kid, he was, he was you know, having his little kid thoughts and thought to himself, what if we just run out of music? What if we've just created every combination of notes possible so that there's no such thing as a new tune anymore, you know? And as the older you get, you just realize how much variety that you can do with music and just different, you know, chords and instruments and just styles and everything like that. You know, as a person who has done programming and such, the beautiful thing about fighting games is that you can break every rule at any point in time, at any given time. Uh, honestly, I don't think we will ever run out of archetypes. And I don't think that yeah, we'll ever maybe. run out of new archetypes to create. We just haven't created them yet. And again, like everybody's been saying, we can't really answer like what, because then we should be making fighting games. <laughs> um, but honestly, I don't think that'll ever run out. As long as the programmers can do whatever the hell they want, and that's what coding lets you do. Obviously, it's different with you know older systems. You just didn't have the capacity to do it. Like they wanted Mario to ride a dinosaur in like Super Mario Three, and they just couldn't do it. The the machine didn't have the power. But these days, we're kind of at no limit, and we can do whatever we want. So honestly, I feel like we can do all sorts of things i mean you could literally put in a character who uh in fatal fury one on the super nintendo there was a character that couldn't jump right you know you could have a character that never comes down from the ground they just fly the entire game and you just have to jump up and try to hit them out of the air i guess kind of like 12 but you can't actually even land like there just is no landing they're just there the entire air there's just so many different ways i think that you can create characters at this point that that we'll never run out of archetypes and what we're creating right now is we're reusing a lot of things because we know it to work and it's easier to balance and just our brains are limited by what we know we can come up with creative takes on them but uh we haven't really spent a lot of the times to really really try something crazy and wild which is one of the best yeah, things about I'm ki was because Keats was willing to... Like, Agonos. The reason why I want to play Agonos is... What an interesting... He's not a grappler. He's not a zoner. He's not a rushdown. What is Agonos? He's the rock guy, Agon- you know? Like, what is... Like, what category do you put Agonos in? He's, he's an Agonos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so He's an Agonos. Yeah. So, basically... I mean, yeah. He could... Like, what if people started making more Agonos characters that where they could limit the screen and build chunks in them and things like that and get slower or faster based on resources. Maybe that archetype do. becomes the Agonos archetype. Is you know? Steve in Smash an Agonos? Uh, not so no. much. I think oh. because he can't control the screen. He doesn't yeah, get Yeah, and he t- also doesn't have armor, right? He doesn't have armor, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah, he doesn't have armor of some sort to be an Agonos. Hmm. Yeah, if he it, like that's the fascinating because like even just I was I was uh, commentating a KI tournament last week, and uh, you know we were watching Agano's play, and it's so fascinating to me because like he started he built a wall behind him, 
even though, and then uh, the wall in, behind the opponent, and he locked him in, and I was like, well, he need, and then I realized the power of that was that even when the opponent was hitting him, he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> he was staying right next to him, and he was able to make, like, the most ridiculous comeback, and I was just like, y y this archetype doesn't exist. The control, the screen space, like, literally put a new wall wherever you, like, like, Think about it like Ooh. he's basically the space gem as a character, right? The, the, that's just so fascinating. And no other fighting game has had the I control the screen archetype. Maybe that's what we need to create more of. So honestly, as a programmer, I think the options are limitless. I think we are far from seeing all the possibilities out there. And I don't think we'll ever see all the possibilities because as long as people are willing to be creative out there, you can do anything, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think we're just barely scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. Assuming fighting games keep getting played and this isn't the big bubble and everything goes away again for a while. But either way, um, yeah, as long as fighting games are being played, I think we're just scratching the uh. surface and devs are going to keep making new dope character types. I don't think that'll ever stop. Yeah, some people are mentioning, like, Dr. Frost... In, M in Injustice, wasn't he, he was able to do... No, wasn't one of the Injustice characters able to create an ice wall or something like that? Not Dr. Frost, uh, freaking Eskimo dude. Squiggly could do it? Squiggly could do it in yeah, Skullgirls? Yeah. Who's the freaking, the stupid bat, Mr. Free? No, Ice Cold? What? The stupid guy who should never be able to beat Flash, but he's actually <laughs> Flash's enemy. <laughs> I just I just want to hear you keep coming up with new names, James. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Cold. There you go, Captain Cold. Just loving listening to you, Doctor Doctor Freezy Pop. Dude, I'll tell you, Captain Cold is like, I swear he. I feel like he's the stupidest supervillain in the world because there's just zero possibility for him to actually ever be able to beat Flash. Like, how are you one of Flash's arch? Like, I just don't feel like that's humanly possible. Up a freeze bubble, and then the speed doesn't matter, James. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Slightly under the weather, man. Okay, I like that. One of his gear moves that never got used in competitive play as a result was that he could actually create a second platform for him yeah. to jump into and stand on. And I thought that was super cool. But mm -hmm. it wasn't a tournament legal move, so right. I never saw use it. But that oh, was a cool wow. idea for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys that there's a lot of unexplored stuff. Uh, I, I just, you know, I don't know what it is, definitionally. Right? Well, I, don't know. I mean, yeah. we can't, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. So like right. I said, once we create the screen control character, maybe we just call him an Agonos archetype. You know, <laughs> that might just end up being the name of it. People in the chat are talking about maybe controlling time like Gearus can in Mortal Kombat 11 uh, with some of his gear moves. So they've come up with some funky stuff. The last couple of games, actually last few games really, in the NRS series, but it's just not all like legal. Right. <laughs> legal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we just don't see it. But it's interesting to think about. I just, you know, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I feel like I'm really creative in some ways, but probably not for this. It would be something that I would love to have the chance to work on, let's just put it that way. So, it's one of those weird things that, like, I would love to have a chance to work on, 
but I don't want to take the time to think about it right now because if I come up with something awesome and then I can never make it, I would feel really, really sad. <laughs> All right. Well, just shut your brain down. Don't think, James. Yeah, pretty much. Stay on my depression bubble, pretty much. That's the, all I'm going to do. So. That's the only way to live life now in 2020. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> put, up your, put up your Mr. Freeze depression bubble. <laughs> the under the weatherman bubble. <laughs> He did have a Mr. Freeze costume, by the way. Yeah, he did have a Mr. Freeze costume. Oh, did he? Oh, okay, okay. That that makes sense. Uh, with a different voice and everything. It was pretty cool. He did, yeah. Do you know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Yeah. No, it didn't. Ugh. No, it didn't. Arnold's what a terrible here. movie. Yeah. Alright, alright. Enough about this? Yeah, let's move yeah, on. on. There's not a ton of other game slash FGC news to get to, but we'll talk about a little bit of it. We have previously discussed how in Undernight they may have been looking into putting in rollback, but that like wasn't for sure, and maybe it was too hard, and yada yada. And a slight update to that, which is that the battle planner for Uniclear said that the French bread team has been working on rollback slowly, but that it's difficult. Um, so okay. that's good to hear that they are actually trying to make it happen, but whether it's going to happen for the next stuff, it's hard to tell from this kind of little report. It was just yeah. a stream where he was talking about it, a little bit of a chat. Yeah. I mean, to be just, honest with you, with the way the load times work in Undernight, like, I don't know if you guys have gone into training mode and, like, they have in their training mode menu the ability to load a, other, you know, change characters and the background from the menu so you don't have to go to the character select screen. When you pick that and click confirm, like, it just, like, goes black and comes back. And they're there. So I feel like there's the, the loading in that game is probably a little easier than other games. And so I feel like there would be a good way to really have that save state technology work well for the game. So I feel like it probably would be easier than it would be, obviously, for a lot of the modern games that are in 3D and, and, and require tons of resources and stuff. But again, yeah, you would it, hope so. it's not I mean, straightforward. I'm never going to pretend it's straightforward. I'm not going to sit here and be like, why can't they just do this? Like, it's really not as simple as people would like it to be. So if they're looking at it and working on it, that's better than anything. Like I said, my favorite thing about it is that the word rollback is on the lips of every Japanese fighting game developer right now. Everybody, That's like I said, even, the fact that the Dragon Ball producer said rollback is a win. <laughs> Thank you, Blessed Sejam and Based Keats for yelling at people all these Maximilian years. Maximilian too, Maximilian as well, so. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, was great right there. That, that's it. And then, I don't know if you all saw this SNK All Stars ad. Ah, uh, yeah, I had it. <laughs> right. So three of the KOF characters are the of uh, uh, girl characters are like eating. Which ones were they, David? Which ones? Name them. Uh, I think Blue it was Mary. Lula, hey, no, Mary. this is David. <laughs> what? I was saying, let David answer this too, but I'm just curious. So. Oh, okay. Lula, Mary, and I think it was my. Yeah, okay. All right, well done. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why do you think I, 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 I gave I gave you the hard one with Blue Mary? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, played, I played these. I'm not an expert in these games, but I played these. Let's get an NRS expert. Okay, guys. you've never played another game in your life. Thanks, guys. 
anyway, so there they are, like having a little chat with each other, sitting at a counter. And they're right by the road. And then Terry Bogard drives up in his motorcycle and he slaps <laughs> their butts and says something. It's all in Japanese. I don't know what they're saying. And then he continues driving his motorcycle and he like does a wheelie and crashes in the stupidest way possible. Also, and while doing the wheelie, he says, come on, come on. <laughs> and does a wheelie. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah. And then as he's lying there after the accident, the three other characters come up, like, ready to beat him up. Yeah. The animation's terrible, even aside from the content of it. Yep. It's super weird. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's why? It's an ad for SNK All-Stars. You know, it's not... This is not like a KOF 15 ad. This is an ad it's, that is yeah, put out there weird. by whoever the mobile dev is of this sort of stuff. But I'd be really surprised if SNK didn't exercise, didn't at least have some kind of thing in our contract where they could review publicity and advertising before it goes out that's very standard and stuff like this. Well. Maybe they didn't do it. I don't know. I'm just saying this well, is really standard. I mean, yeah. SAK has a history, David. <laughs> oh, the, oh, you mean of, of this kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. The, well, the I mean, that, also... Heroin's storyline, yep. I'm not terribly surprised to see this kind of ad from. Yeah. No, I was, I was trying to say that, you know, Japan also kind of has a little bit of history, you know, uh, for this kind of humor and stuff. They probably didn't consider it as offensive and they I think they tried really hard to make Terry look stupid and then he's gonna get beat up in it I mean the biggest problem is that Kula Diamond is like 15 years old or something like that like that honestly is the because here's the thing about it right I mean like lore wise you know Terry and Blue Mary dated Terry's brother is in love with my Shiranoi so like maybe there's just a little bit of like you know they're close with each other and stuff like that it's really the cooler part I think that that kind of messes the whole thing up so uh it's it was just not a good idea <laughs> you know, the chat is calling for Terry to be removed from smash and <laughs> The, the code of conduct the, he gets the yeah, new mail I, with the he, little smash stamp on it and it's like you have been removed yeah. from smash yeah they need to take him out i mean come on this is ridiculous how how long can we stand for terry bogart to do this to the women of our community yeah i saw in in the uh tweet that i originally saw it in one of the replies said something like this is totally out of character for terry to do Terry wouldn't crash his motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that was good. <laughs> I, I know the lore of the SNK characters because my roommate is big into SNK and it's lore, so I hear all the stories from him all the time. <laughs> Man, I had no idea. Speaking of SNK lore, I had no idea that Genjiro lusts after, uh, what's her face? The girl with the two different color eyes. Why can't I think of her name right now? I don't know which one has the. Oh, oh, you're talking about the the girl in blue. Shoot, why can't I remember her name now? I can't think of her name right now. What the hell? Wow. Earlier is you with the names. Oh, yeah, Cheeky. 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 <laughs> he, he wants Cheeky because she looks like his mom. Like that's a thing in Genjiro's backstory. He's like, oh yeah, Cheeky. She reminds me of my mother. She's so hot. 
It's like, oh, okay. So I learned that live on stream while I was doing commentary for the game. So that was fun. That was at like Eotaku, I think, last year. <laughs> Genjiro Oedipus. <laughs> this, yeah, because I was talking about how Genjiro was my my house Bondo. And they're like, yeah. I don't know if you want him to be. No, Shin Maruku, actually, you have that backwards. Uh, the tie to Sam show is that uh, Genon is my Shiranoi's uh, ancestor, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's not Hanzo. It's Genon, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, okay. Yeah. I don't think so. David or Tubo is going to be uh, confirming this one Ooh. way or the other. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, here's the thing. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Uh, this was actually suggested to us in one of the 5-5 five five suggestion tweet tweets. I hadn't heard about this before. But Sega has come up with something that they're calling Fog Gaming. That is a way to do cloud-based gaming. If you're going to do cloud-based gaming, then you're going to need servers all over the place, right? Uh -huh. You're trying to get in between people, right? That's like what you all are right. doing with um, mm -hmm. Parsec. And so how can you do that? Well, one of the ways that they're thinking about doing that is converting arcade machines in Japan into cloud computers, essentially. What? So you can play on these machines. Like, there are still going to be cabs that you can play on. But also, they will serve as cloud computers for cloud-based huh. gaming to work out, which is a cool idea, you know? So the idea is to have as many of these around, which may be practical in Japan. That may not be practical for anywhere else, but in Japan, this might be doable. And basically what they're saying is that when you put in a board an arcade board into a machine, you could that could also just be a cloud computer that you're just installing right there. Yeah, I so, mean, because huh. the board is also just dedicated to the game. It's not like you need to build a machine that can handle all sorts of different games. That machine and the board is literally optimized for that game. So if you just add a few extra things in there, you don't have to worry about all the other stuff that goes on in a normal PC OS or anything like that. That's actually kind of really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Here's a quote from the article. All right. While it would be difficult to convert existing machines, Sega is considering developing next-generation arcade system boards to be able to adapt to this purpose, which would mean installing new machines in arcades would be synonymous with installing cloud machines. Yeah. The hardest part about this, is, honestly, is obviously just that arcades are kind of dead. Even in Japan right now, they're dying because well, of... Well, maybe this the arcade owner is a different you know, form of revenue. True, exactly. true. Yeah, that's true. So they could Sega or whatever companies are doing this could you know throw some you know like uh, incentives for them to do stuff like that or something. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I think it's like yeah, really yeah. cool to make sure the arcades mm -hmm. are still open. Like think about from Sega's perspective. Usually, as the company who owns these server farms, you have to be paying for electricity and stuff like that, which can be expensive. Right. And instead, if if it's on the arcade owner to do that, and as so you're like trading <clears throat> off of their already paying all of these electricity expenses. That's like their business model. Mm -hmm. And you can give them some sort of way to make people come in to want to play, or maybe they get a cut of right. the ability to host a little bit of somebody's cloud match, right? As in, in the same way that they might if the person had played there in person. Like every time it hosts a match, they get the, the, yeah. the 100 yen or something like that, right? <laughs> to think about. 
Because like the other thing that's interesting about that too is like you were talking about the electricity costs and stuff like that. What's tricky for the arcades is even if nobody's playing the machine, it's still on. The electricity's yeah. still being used. And so it's basically going to nothing, right? It's not like the machine is off and you come on and turn it on, wait till it boots up and then you can play the game. So if right. that electricity is being used, it's not necessarily costing the arcade owners extra money. It's the same money. And then if they get a slight kickback, that saves the money on the people who are hosting it. And it's kind of win-win for every... Ah, that's a really neat idea. Okay, I'm just like fascinated by the concept yeah. of it. That's all, so... Okay. We'll see how that works out. Obviously, COVID's throwing a wrench in everything. Yeah. And then the last little bit of gaming-related news is... It happened earlier today. I just wanted to mention it. Capcom had an online show presented by TikTok called Black Excellence in Esports. And oh, it was hosted cool. by Jammers and had... F-Word and Problem X and Ryan Hart and Mark Fury. If you don't know who Mark is, he's one of the broadcasters who does stuff in uh, London and has d done stuff elsewhere as well. I think that's cool. I wish I had been able to watch it. It was on TikTok. And yeah, that's it. Like you so, said TikTok, I said, ugh. Well, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not no, I mean, it's cool they did that. It's really yeah. awesome. But I, I'm not using TikTok. Yeah, that was my exact reaction. So I hope that that gets uploaded to like YouTube or Twitch at some point because I would really like to see it. I'd love to watch and hear the interviews and stuff like that. But you know, if you have TikTok, check it out on the Capcom. If you're like, not, yeah, if you're one of the ninety-nine percent of humans on Earth right now who who have TikTok, <laughs> you guys can watch it. Enjoy. I've heard it's pretty popular. All right, that's all I got for this. But it's getting banned in our country, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, nope, sure isn't. Uh, yeah. Okay, anyways. On that one. All right. Uh, let's get to the next thing just to briefly talk about some of the tournament results. Not many. Uh, CPT Online East Asia 2 happened, and it was a good one. Even, even Tubbleware said that a cool thing happened in <laughs> Street Fighter 5. did, yeah. Even Tubbleware. So this was won by Gachkun. So Gachkun qualifies for Capcom Cup, where he's been in the past. He's a former Capcom Cup champion. He makes it back. That means that players like Momochi, Tokido, Fudo, Itazan, etc. Fujimura, Bonchan, etc., etc. Do not qualify for Capcom Cup this year. Get there right, is like one of them will get in. That's you know, it's not going to be easy. Clearly, they're all washed up. They all suck. Especially Tokido, who had the sickest thing that many of us have seen in a long time, when his Urian versus Itukix Dalsum. Uh, expected for Dalsum to teleport in, did Crouching Fierce as a reaction, got the pop-up, EX fires coming his way, and he waits for the Crouching Fierce to end, and then does EX headbutt, not only to juggle, which is the combo you're supposed to do, but also to evade through the EX fire with his own EX moves invincibility. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was super smart, very, just fantastic awareness, really fast ability to think on the spot yeah. it was definitely like Agreed. most people would see that fireball coming and be like oh okay i'll low fierce and just try to block but he was like no that's not good enough son <laughs> yeah, yeah. he had blocked the opportunity yeah right he could kill so get the kill i feel yeah. like like you like all of us here we probably would have been in that situation. we would have been urian and then we would have we would have blocked right and then after the fact we would have been like you know i probably could have done ex headbutt I wonder if that would right. work. Like, we would think about that. But 
I don't know if any of us would think about that like in that split second, the few frames of decision making that Tokido made the decision in. I don't know who else would make that. Super I, cool. I mean, it was just yeah, it's one of those it's one of those moments that even if you would normally do that, that to do it in that situation, yeah, like you know that big of a match online, <laughs> it's like right. man. You are you are brave, Tokido. You are a brave man. All right, that here, was cool. Here, 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 oh, here, here, here. Hang on a second. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna grab this for everybody because they all want to see it. I'm gonna show the the high fight video here because uh, he breaks it down in slow motion for you guys and everything like that. And also because my computer can actually handle it now, so I think it'd just be fun to be able to do this. So. Fancy. Okay. Well, while you're setting it up, let me say that there were. 14 sets in the top 128. 15% of the players used Seth. And every single character was represented in that top 128, except for Ed. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, here's the clip. Here's the clip that uh, High Five. I got those super event hubs, I want to say. So I hope people can actually hear this a little bit. Uh, I think people at home can hear this. I don't think you guys can hear it, but... We can hear it. Nothing. Okay. But here we go. This is what happens right here. So, by the way, uh, High Fight's videos here, where he does this, is amazing. I love them. So, here we go. Yeah, where he highlights all the, all the decisions and everything. Yeah, and why you have to make those choices and everything like that. And so, Charge or Not gets him here with the fireball, frame traps him. Comes in here, gets out of there, and then basically this is where it happens right here. He knocks him off of him here, and then this is the crazy part. Well, one, he gets the Dalsum combo here, which is awesome. And then he tries again, too far. Out of there. Sets up another one, hits him. Here we go. Fireball, tele air teleport. Tokido realizes it, fierces him out of the air. Here comes the fireball. EX gets the combo to continue and wins. So dope. Dude, this is so... Yeah, nobody's hearing anything. That's fine. I'll, I'll fix that for next time. But this is just seriously... Like, here it is in real time. He also gives it to us in real time as well. I'll fast forward it a little bit just so we can get to that moment a little quicker here. It was a really good match. I looked at it on my Monday morning quarters back stream. I already put that YouTube video up. So check it out. I analyzed this in pretty detail. Yeah. And by the way, this back that he does right before that, this wouldn't have worked without that back dash. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a full-on read from Tokido. Yeah, he knew what sure. was coming. Dude, it was for so sure. sick, dude. It was so good. <laughs> All right, everybody in the chat. Wow, Tokido really used his head there. Good work. <laughs> Anyway, that was a really fun topic. The Tekken Online Challenge, US Central happened, Shadow won it, and then the final boss was Cuddlecore. I just love this final boss idea that they do. I think that's yeah. a really fun, just a fun gimmick. And Cuddlecore beat Shadow 3 to 1. Good work. Cool. Arc Revo America Online Northeast happened, and what was interesting about that was that Tempest won both games. Wow. Uh, Tempest won both BB Tag and also Grand Blue. I mean, right. that, is a, that is an accomplishment right there. Good job to Tempest, dude. Definitely. Yeah, that's, uh, that is a tough one. Charlotta in, in Grand Blue, and then Mika and Carmine in BB Tag. 
Pretty remarkable. And then in the DBFZ National Championships, we mentioned last week that Chris G pulled out, and we wondered what would happen with that. There was a replacement. And it was, yeah. This is a Scientifico F, Scientific Cough. It's like a genius pun, because he's I guess he's a doctor, maybe, or he's a scientist. Uh, Scientifico, in, right, in Spanish. And then it's KOF at the end. I just think it's a genius visual pun, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Good work. <laughs> All right, now, that's it for... what did they do for his, for the Christie and Reynolds match? Does Scientificoff come in with a loss then, or does he get to play Reynolds? Do we know? I have no so, idea. I bet somebody knows, but okay. it's not me. Yeah, uh, no Reynolds is at 0-1 in the standings, so I guess that's oh. just going to be... They're going to replay it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That was confirmed in the chat. So, okay. Yeah, All right. And then just a few upcoming things. This coming weekend is first attacks, top eights for most of their fighting games. <clears throat> There's Killer Instinct, Tekken 7, Mortal Kombat 11, Smash Ultimate, DBFC, and Street Fighter 5. That's going to be all weekend, just like normal major broadcasting, which is cool. Mm. And that will be on twitch.tv slash first attack PR. I'm going to be doing Mortal Kombat Top 8, and James and I are going to be doing Street Fighter Top 8 commentary. Yeah, so, cool. Heads up. There's also a Footsies Global Tournament that will be coming up. That will be on Thursday, October 29th, just a couple of days from now, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. This is a global tournament, right? This is... Yeah, it's going to go so poorly. I wonder. I wonder, right? Because they're, they're it trying has to... Make, to man. Uh, yeah, they're they're trying it out. They want to see how well the netcode goes, and it's got good netcode. It's just... there's gonna there's gonna be some surprising matchups that work really well. Like somebody's gonna play like from Midwest of France, and it's gonna be perfect, right? But there's definitely gonna be some connections where it's just like this is incredibly unplayable. Like there's no way. There's there's absolutely no way if you do a global tournament, you don't run into some bad some bad times. It's cool, man. We'll see how it goes. I think it's an interesting little experiment. They actually do yeah, have a I, I hope it works out. so far, and they have a match arena for it, so that number can go up, too. I mean, look, if it works out, that is a definitely one, you know, a, 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 a tribute to the net code, to, to uh, GDPO. Also, a tribute to HiFight doing a good job uh, putting that in there, dude, and getting it working. It's been so yeah. cool because I remember when he first created the game, he was like, I'm not sure how to do netcode. Like, I don't know how I would do this. And now he has it making it work. So there you go. I think that's really, really cool. He seems like it's a smart really, really cool. Bunch GG gifting all those subs. Thanks. Yeah. What? Oh, wow. Thanks, Bunch. Nice. Much obliged for the five gifted subs. That is super cool of you to do. Man, one of them went to Jason Game Dev. Oh, God. No, it's kidding. <laughs> what a jerk. Uh, by the I way, I'm that. trying to set up a Google server, so if you're down to help me, let me know. Um, oh, yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, I hope know. the event goes great. Hope the event goes great. Okay. And then James also wanted to talk about the Matcherino Cup Finals, right? Yep, that's right. The Matcherino Cup Finals. So there have been a bunch of qualifiers. Uh, the last one just took place. Uh, Arturo just ran that one this past weekend. 
and uh, basically it's a bunch of super turbo events. Macharino decided to want they wanted to do a big tournament. They asked a lot of community people, which game should we do that's like old school but has a lot of players still involved and Super Turbo I felt like was the easiest answer. And uh, so they decided to go ahead and go with that. And uh, we've run a bunch of the events. Uh, I just put up my qualifier on YouTube so you can actually watch all of the Super Turbo action there. I had four people. I was given four slots for qualifiers, but we ended up with the 32 players that are going to be playing in this tournament, which is going to be taking place on Friday, October 30th at 5 p.m. PST. All the qualifiers are also allowed to restream it. So I will be restreaming this on twitch.tv slash jchenzor on Friday as well. <clears throat> so you can watch on my channel if you want to. A um, lot of very, very strong players there. Uh, for example, uh, DJ Frijoles, who is a really, really strong T-Hawk player uh, from Mexico. Uh, beans, man. I used to play with him all the time on ggpo or whatever it even was before that oh, nice. like a thousand years ago so uh, yeah mucus damn is in this tournament fromo silent scope mega man x who was a zangy player BMW. what's that Mortal BMW Midwest rep. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. but Mega Man X actually won the mo like one of the qualifiers with Zangief to get into the tournament. Uh, Scuzz Bucket is in there. Uh, Dangerous Paper Cut is playing in there. El Trouble is playing in the tournament. So there's a lot of very strong players. A lot that I didn't even get a chance to mention. Muck, of course, uh, Ultra Combo, aka Muck, uh, who's basically one of the best in the country for Super Turbo right now, uh, if not the best. He won my qualifiers, so um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of really strong players. It's going to be a lot of fun for some Super Turbo action. I like my boy Damien Daladane is Damn Die to yeah. take the whole thing. Yeah, of course. Damn Die is clearly one of the favorites coming into this event. Uh, my boy Damien. Your boy, huh? My boy. You know, there is... Damn Die go way back. You way, way back. Okay. Yeah. There is uh, some footage out there of me at a high rollers tournament sending Damn Die to losers bracket with my mm. Cami and Ken versus his Ryu at uh, a season's beatings event uh, many years where back. Is this, such, so. Where is this footage, James? It exists out there. I'll link it to you if you want. Now, granted, I have never beat Damn Die again after that. Say, but so. James, James has that video bookmarked, favorited. <laughs> yeah. Saved on his cloud file. He has that video forever. <laughs> I have if this. To, was I have to... season meetings. It took place forever ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it true. definitely did. It definitely. It was like one of the first times I had ever been flown out to a tournament to do commentary. I remember. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, "I didn't know you played Ken, James." Like that was because I even got short, short super on him at one point, and I was like, "I'm the best." So. Yeah. I mean, I'd be in Damn Die, too. Come on. He's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David. I don't think I've ever beaten him in tournament, though. Not that I can recall. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got. Uh, look, if you live in the United States, please vote in the election. And yeah, uh, please, please vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> my official endorsement i've actually been doing phone banking for him which i find super exasperating this to me is very easy right talking to hundreds of people thousands of people watch it later super that's no big deal 
the idea of talking with one person who I don't know on the telephone is like anxiety inducing to the max. What if uh, I called you on the phone right now, David? Would that be anxiety inducing? I know you, so it would be less anxiety inducing, but I'd rather not talk on the phone. Wow. Oh, all right. Talking on the phone sucks, dude. Something about, something about yeah, no, phone. I mean, I, I'm similar. I'm similar. I just it's hate just... it. But I have been trying to do it because I'm trying to get this guy elected. I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I am clearly not super enthused. He's not the person that I wanted, nor the second and nor the third. But but he's really, a guy that's not Donald Trump. He is not actively out there causing more infections in the world right now. He's not actively causing super spreader events on a weekly basis. Yep. I mean, there's just it, the bar is the lowest that it's maybe ever been. But that nevertheless is the bar. And he's above it. And so I think that we should all vote for him. Look, man, do you really care about 220,000 people dying? Or do you care about getting to motherfucking Mars, dude? I mean, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, that was, that was a very weird tweet. Come Super on, weird, real dude. Weird tweet. Yeah, even, even for nerds like us who, like, are into space exploration, are, like, curious about the world and would love more science to happen, still, absolutely mega bizarre just real <laughs> low on the priority list right now is getting to mars for me yeah you'd ask me like six years ago it would have been like way up there and i'd be like yeah we got to get there already <laughs> now it's like we should fix home first yeah we, sure. we should fix this before we go fuck up something on the planet definitely uh, definitely man. so i know that he's not nobody i know loves joe biden right nobody's like the big super dedicated joe biden fan but he's the lowest common denominator that we've all agreed is like acceptable enough. So please vote for him. Even if you're in a state that's not going to be in con contested when it comes to the electoral college, there's clearly going to be an attempt to steal the election by way of courts. And if the popular vote is very strongly in Biden's favor, they will be less likely to do that. I'm not telling you that they will not be likely to do that, but they'll be less likely to do that if there's a really, really strong popular vote. So to me, that yep. it, it matters, even if you're in a state like I am, where we all know that California is going to vote right. Democrat, still just having that extra number up there is going to be really important. Yeah. I Look, I'm not about to sit here and defend all of them, his plans. Nevertheless, that's the situation that we find ourselves in, and it is way, way preferable to somebody who is actively causing more death and destruction in COVID and is actively fomenting hate. It's just a, it's a low bar, but that's where we are and he's above it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, essentially, if you're not uh, settling for Joe Biden, that means you're probably voting from a place of extreme privilege where you, the election doesn't really affect you very much. So you're probably like a white, straight, cis male. That's probably who you are. If if you don't think you should be voting for Joe Biden right now, so we've just had I, I do I, I do know some people of color who are not voting for Joe Biden or maybe to be accurate, they said that they weren't planning to and now are going to because it's just become more dire. I, I mean, none of us were planning to. None of us wanted to. Like, well, what, I still what I guess, don't want to, but I uh, damn sure I'm going to. Absolutely right. I, I just I. I think there are other reasons to feel like he's not the one to vote for that are separate from I'm very privileged. It maybe is also that you're tired of never being taken into account, of never being spoken to, and yeah, I imagine maybe. It's very frustrating. But in order to not have an extra maybe 
200,000 Americans die. We need a change of leadership. Uh, yeah. And that's, I guess, for sure. It's a low bar. That's where we are. One of the uh, statistics that I heard stating the number of deaths in a way that I think is clearly a lot more impactful is that it's one in 1,600 people in our country have died. Like, it's not even a big number. Our population is gigantic. It's one in 1,600 people have died at this point in time. And that's that's unacceptable. It's just, it's, it's sure that's is. just what it is. It's Terrifying. unacceptable. So. Yeah, man. And it's it's going to get worse. We had the most number of cases that we've ever had. Just well, we've just had we just had uh, more people in the FGC, members of the FGC whose family members have passed away from COVID. Yep. The whole thing is uh, like the whole thing is just at this point. If you don't if you if you can afford to think it's a hoax because no one, you know, has had anybody close to them pass away. Or if, you're, love or if you've died of COVID and people still use your Twitter to say that the, you know, the pandemic is fake and stuff like that, then, I mean, you're just coming from a very privileged position. So there you go. Yeah, no Tuesday show next week. At least not that I'm going to be doing. I don't know if you want to do one, you two, but uh, I'm definitely no, just no. going to be looking That's, at the election. Yeah, yeah same. same. And, and, and I, you know, I want to caution everybody against viewing it as election day. It is definitely not going to be election day. Many of the news organizations are not going to be calling winners on just that night. There are just too many ballots to be counted uh, that ha that will come it's in just, later. And it's, it's just, it's, it's just like, going to be a don't know for a while. Like we're a freaking we're supposed to be this advanced country. Why do we have a day to vote? You know, <laughs> it's like, the whole well, thing is even so goddamn It should be a national holiday. That's a paid work day, so everybody can go do it. Yeah. yeah. That, that that's like that's like the the minimum bar of entry in my right. opinion. There's so many people I know who literally just like I can't vote. Like how when am I supposed to, you know, if I can't vote by mail, when am I supposed to drop off my ballot? I can't. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's not even really correct that 99% of people recover from COVID. Uh I mean, I've read different stats on that anyway that it might not be maybe more like 3 or 4% don't. But in any case, that's talking about people who die or not, when the truth is that an unknown percentage so far from what I've read, but a not insignificant amount, have long-lasting health effects of at least yep. since they got it in you know March. We don't have data beyond that because we haven't moved beyond that yet. Yeah. But at minimum, there's like six months at least of major lasting health effects, and it might, it might be lifelong. Yeah, like some people have been talking about how afterwards they there's this thing called COVID fog where they can't like think or their brain yeah. just kind of goes away. I've heard, I don't know what the truth behind this was. And again, with the internet and all of this word, I don't know if you guys know, but I heard someone who's had COVID before caught it again. I don't know if that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, there, there's been several, several. Okay, so that is factual things. now. Okay, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, you're, you are not immune if you've got it once. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! It sucks out there, and if we're gonna have any hope of changing at all, you gotta go vote for the guy who none of us loves, and that's Joe Biden. I mean, that is like the oh, only boy. hope that we have, and it's not a great high hope, but it's all that we have, and it's better to take some kind of action than absolutely zero. <laughs> yep. No one's sitting here. I mean, it's really just voting against someone more. <laughs> 
Here's right. the hope. I agree with that. All right. Yep. That's going to be it. Anything else to say for today? Uh, nope. Sweet. Time to go. All right. Good luck well, to everybody. Thanks, guys. Uh, you guys won't hear the bird on your end, but uh, the people at home will hear it. You might hear a inkling of it over my microphone. So here you go. Yeah, the next the next couple weeks I feel like are among the like scariest that I yeah, have thought. Be be hard, please stay safe. Yeah, please be safe.